in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other, one scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh- Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. And Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. And welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the Sportsocracy here live on ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You can hear us live anywhere around the world on the iHeartRadio app. You also see us live on the YouTubes. Just go to thesportsocracy.com, click that live video link. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. That'll get you into the chat with us. You can see me enjoying my lovely Arnie Palmer. <laughs> he just loves it so much. I'm it's telling go- you, it's golf vitamin season. water lemonade with sweet tea is the greatest thing I've ever come across in my life. It's golf season. He can't stay away from the Arnie Palmies. Just thinking well, about I mean, the Masters. Hello, friends. That's, oh, good. I hadn't even thought that had only a week away. My mind. I'm so buried in draft season that I, I hadn't even thought about that. It's only a week away. Oh, that means there's probably going to be some low-key bangers on who wins this. Oh, 100%. I even, that, 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 that's how intertwined in the draft I get. Everything else just stops. It is the draft this season, and we'll have uh, three-round team-by-team mock drafts going out on the channel tomorrow because programming note, we will not be with you tomorrow afternoon because it is Opening day of the Major League Baseball season. You can have Atlanta Braves baseball all season long right here on ESPN Asheville. And when they have a day game, Jeremy and I will take the opportunity to have a little bit of a day off. So, oh yeah, we well, are- I mean that's it's well timed because the Braves play in that in that and Major League Baseball plays in that sweet spot where y- y- you come in some days and go, hey, what do you want? What do you want to talk about? Uh, Dan Patrick today did a, hey, here's some great rule changes we should do in the NFL. And one of them was you can hold on every play. And I went, are we, are they we do, are we doing this And they right were now? actually pro- yeah. proponents of oh, that yeah. idea? It's a great idea. It's a idea. terrible idea. It's a great idea. No, sir. I'm not down for arch rivals football. We tried that once. It was called the XFL and that didn't no, work No, we're that still well. doing that. Uh, Marquette King is trying to get Cam Newton to come get some reps with the Renegades. Is he really? Yeah, and and he might be the best quarterback in the XFL, and I swear that says more about the quarterbacks in the XFL than it does about Cam Newton. And then Cam Newton can say, hey, there's not 80 guys out here that are better than I am. Uh, That's one place Cam Newton could look around and go, there are not 32 guys in this league that are better than me. They don't even have 32 quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I was talking about players in general. (laughs) Okay. Again, not wrong. Indeed, it is the Sportsocracy, and we welcome everybody into the program. And uh, like I said, don't forget to join us in the chat today. Um, Today, we've got more team-by-team draft needs to go over. So we did the top three teams with with the most draft capital. So today, we're going to do the three with the least. That's right. Vikings, Broncos, and the Dolphins all on the list today. Uh, How can they turn their or turn their off seasons around or i guess capitalize on their off seasons with great draft classes here plus we'll do another top 13 as at espn draft nerd jeremy green gives us his top prospects of each and every 
playing position. And today it's edge rushers. Top now, we want to leave you on a high note because there are just a whole buku of them in this draft. Top 13 edge rushers in the draft. And then the daily draft at the top of the third hour of the program will be, of course, us drafting the top edge prospects from the last six classes. Hey, look, around here, we're a big fan of take the layup. And uh, when you go two weeks and <laughs> the structure of the show just seems to write itself. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you got a lot of, you got a lot of ins and outs to cover here about the NFL draft of what every team needs to do. And let's face it. Uh, you don't, you, you don't get this content from every show. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but you know what you do get from this show? What's that? The, the opening drive. And the opening drive always brought to you by our good friends at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. 629 Brevard Road is the address. You can go to the web address, andersonnissan.com. When you go by, check out the showroom, check out the stock of certified pre-owns, or, of course, the brand spanking new cars like Jeremy's Titan Pro 4X outside. Uh, Josh Michael, a member of the Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville family with his Pro 4X Nissan Xterra, uh, he commented on my my post yesterday that I was I was losing the black Pro 4X. He said, "Well, until we meet again in the Pro 4X family." And so I just sent in a picture of the this one, and I went, "No, no, no, I'm, I'm still here." They figured out how much I love this truck, so they just keep giving them to me. Was it sand drift? Desert sand. Desert sand was the color of this vehicle. Uh, now there is a great discussion of which one of these trucks is actually the prettiest. And so far, we're we're batting three thirty three uh, across the board. Yeah, I I'm all in favor of the red one. I I I think I like the one I'm currently in the most, but I don't actually know. Really, I do. I like the color. And what Eddie was Eddie was in favor of the black one. Uh, yes. So I mean, we and my wife is is all in on the red one. Brian Haynes is in on the one I'm in right now. It seems like every third person I ask says each individual. Right. All your choices over at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. Mention the sportsocracy when you go in to make your deal. They'll give you $250 on top of what your trade-in is worth. And now, at the opening drive, I'm making a sweeping declaration. Okay. Okay, we have we, we already have he who shall not be named that is officially on conversation probation. Mm -hmm. Until a deal gets done between the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. Then he who shall not be named shall not be named. I am here tell you that this is not a me asking i'm telling you there's another quarterback in the nfl and his name is lamar jackson and this will be the last time that we say his name on this show because we were putting him on conversation probation because i'm tired of talking about it okay okay i it's, it's just okay i need a movement somewhere before i mention you again because your cute little instagram shots at each other are driving me nuts Welcome. These two entities have become two 15-year-old girls that are full-on frenemy, and I the fact that I just said that phrase makes me angry. Yep. Right, welcome to the world of athletes representing themselves. So I'm out. No. But you know what we will talk about? What's that? Thursday night football. Oh, the Thursday night football. So the, uh, the, the proposal going into the owners' meetings down in Phoenix was to have a flex schedule Thursday night games. When we end the, the schedule gets set at the beginning of the season. And then you end up like we did this past year. I mean, it went off the rails quickly. You didn't even have like a good five week lead in of banger matchups on Thursday night football no. before you went 
Oh, God. Oh. Why are we watching the Bears and the Colts? Why are we watching the Broncos? Why are the Broncos on my television? <laughs> right. It seemed like they had 18 primetime games uh, in the start of the season, and four of them were on Thursday nights. That's hyperbole. But here's the thing. We go into the owners' meetings, and the flex idea for Thursday night football gets voted down. Oh, well, it was tabled. It wasn't voted down. Well, they, they didn't They weren't going to do it. Well, now. and that's and that is stupid. And John Mara's this idea that it's unfair to the fans to ask them to what take their weekend back. It's so ridiculous. A three day weekend because I'm going to Thursday night football. I understand there will be some people inconvenienced. It doesn't matter how much lead time you give them. Some people's fl- schedules just aren't as flexible as others. Go into an NFL game is i mean it it is it is a special occasion for most of us who don't live in a an actual NFL city market. If you don't live in the city and you can't get there within driving distance, I mean for us it's a little different cuz we're 2 hours from Charlotte. That's not a big that's not a big drive. But but if I'm planning on going to a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, something that I'd really want to do, I've never done it before. Wait, really, you've never been to a Bucks game? I've never, well, not in Tampa. I've never been to. Oh, Ram, I was about to, to say you've totally Raymond been James to a Stadium. game. Oh, it yeah. was one of the happier days of my life. Right, I've seen them in Atlanta. I've seen them in Carolina, but I've never been in Florida in Tampa during the season to see them actually play a game at Ray J. At so the, at the big sombrero, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I did go to the old sombrero. Uh, one time but anyway if I'm gonna make that move if I if I'm gonna plan to do this yes I've made my plans six months ahead of time I've got the hotel I've got it set up I'm gonna go there on November 11th and I'm gonna stay for three days and I'm gonna catch the game on Sunday so if that game gets flexed to Thursday night football what am I gonna do as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan okay so and 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 I get what you're saying and I'm I'm going to give you an example based off a, a a character on this here program. Asheville Police Chief David Sack. Yes. Okay. He is a season ticket holder of the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. He and his lovely wife, Clarissa Hyatt Zach, best realtor in the world, he'll tell you, and so will I. Clarissa sells WNC.com. And that's a promo, boys and girls. We're getting better at this as time goes on. So a Buffalo Bills game gets snowed out. He physically cannot get into the city because the airports are closed. Mm-hmm. They flex the game to Detroit. That's not they flexed the day. They flexed the time zone this game was played in. They got there. Mm-hmm. Weird how that works. Mm-hmm. Because if you have season tickets, you're probably of some, I'm going to say some kind of means. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're rolling in it. But you're paying for season tickets, so it's not like you're rolling quarters to do laundry. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and here's I the mean, thing. I, this is a, John Mara drives me absolutely nuts. I understand he has done a lot for this game. But virtually everything that comes out of his mouth, I, I, I almost feel like he's trying to out-stupid himself every time he speaks. Mm-hmm. You do get that the TV is – that's where we're making our money, John – the, the that video box area in your living room is where all the money's coming from. If you're in the stadium, great. If you're not, put your tickets online and they'll sell in nine seconds. 
that's it's, that was the kind of the, the the point that I wanted to make was it, me as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. If I've made this plan to go down there, I'm gonna change my schedule. I'm gonna change my days off with work or whatever. And if I can't do that, does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I, I miss my opportunity. Okay, whatever. But there'll be more games in the future, no and doubt. I can recoup my my uh, investment by selling my tickets. Online, I go to the, the NFL Ticket Exchange or StubHub or wherever the hell people sell their tickets these days. I'm just, I mean, you could you could do it on all went, of them. Tank just right? went full John Mara of. Do, do they put them on the interwebs? Yeah, oh, we sell that. tickets these days. He's making the point that there are many places that you can resell uh, your tickets again and, and recoup your investment. Here. I gotta get to to the, to the TV box to watch the baseball game. The way the Thursday night football <laughs> flex would work is they would they, they would announce it. 15 days ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of lead time for you to be able to change your plans, mm -hmm. change your bookings, whatever you need to do to make that work. And here's the thing. 98% of all NFL fans will do it. No doubt. Whatever it takes, I, I will do it. Yeah, here's what we've learned about the NFL. We'll jump through whatever hoop it is that you want us to jump through to consume your content. And I'm going to be really honest with you. The Friday night game, that's coming. The Saturday night game that's coming you know why because the nfl is looking around going everything we do works it doesn't matter how stupid it is it doesn't matter how little it makes sense it doesn't matter how much it inconveniences you we'll find a way to make it work black friday game this year you think that's going to be a hit because i have a funny feeling Absolutely. it's the highest rated game of the year could be i have a weird feeling that will be one of the highest rated games of the year we'll make it work mm -hmm. we'll make it work it's just it's what we do so the the idea to have flex games on thursday night that that idea got tabled john mara obviously he was concerned for the fans he said it would actually be quote abusive to the fans oh yeah we i mean to do that. Well, i mean john mara's worried about people taking their horse and buggy in town because you know that's <laughs> really inconvenient on the horse right right but uh yeah he's uh you know there are also concerns about injuries concerns about short waits or, or short rest and long rest and all of that now that on the other hand that's a legitimate beef and after the break i will tell you uh, this is actually tank's idea so he will tell you why that's really not as big a deal as you think it is and it's pretty easy to get around you're in the sportsocracy and this is espn Asheville. Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 828-365-1663. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Since man created roads, they've been looking for ways to get off-road and vehicles to take them there. That's where Outlaw Off-Road comes in. 
a premier off-road center for Jeeps, trucks, and SUVs with a complete lineup of off-road and overland services, including maintenance and repair to make your vehicle all that it can be. Check out their location right here in Western North Carolina at 85 Avery Creek Road. Call them today at 828-974-8480 or visit them on the web at theoutlawoffroad.com. The Sportsocracy. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, Kai? Welcome back into the Sportsocracy and Thursday Night Flex. Is is it a good idea? The proposal came up at the owners' meetings in Phoenix, and they tabled it. They couldn't get enough on board to, to, to approve a flex schedule for Thursday Night Football, and there are many concerns with that. As we talked about John Mara, the owner of the New York Giants, he was upset because it would be bad for the fans. I get that. But the but but to me the actual percentage of fans that you're gonna be, you know, completely knocking out of a chance to see their team live in their stadium is very very small. It's that's small, and I um hold on, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I I don't know why it, 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 we've gotten to this point where everything has to be fair. It's it's not. So you've got seventy thousand people in a stadium, or 27 million at home watching on television which one's more important uh it's the latter and it's not close and and i can't do that math in my head but it's somewhere like 400 times more uh uh, relevant Mm -hmm. it's probably actually more than that that math don't math right with i look at it in without the flexing the numbers for thursday night football are still good yes even in those dog water matchups it was still pulling a, a, a big number. Now, and my argument is that you don't necessarily have to do the flex thing now that you've opened up, teams can play there twice. Mm-hmm. That is another wrinkle of this. They have approved that. Because there are certain teams that, I mean, let's be really honest. Were you just itching to watch the Chicago Bears last year? No. Or the Houston Texans? Mm-mm. Or the Arizona Cardinals? No, sir. No. So I don't necessarily need to flex it. As soon as the schedule comes out, I can go ahead and tell you what at least three good games a week are. I don't understand why it's so hard. One of those goes on Thursday night. One of them goes on Sunday night. One of them goes on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Done. Yep. Done. I understand CBS and Fox pay a lot for their, their distro rights. You also get five times as many games as everybody else. So uh, sorry about your luck. Three best games go in primetime. Done. End of message. Repeat the line. Mm-hmm. So they have approved that you can have two Thursday night football games. And then there's the concern about injuries of making players play on short rest, not only once, but twice during a season can be detrimental. Okay. I'm willing to entertain that. I have yet to see an actual like hardcore study that says Thursday night football increases injuries. Well, Roger Goodell you, in the NFL says that doesn't exist. Yeah, it, it's not true. That's exactly what I was about to say. Is it's not you're not going to find it. Right. The only way you convince me of that is to show me the results. Show me somebody with a, with half a brain has uh, studied this thing and proven that it that it happens because you haven't shown that to me, and they say it doesn't exist right now. Now, now here's my thing. There are ways that you can you can move this around. Mm-hmm. So let's say, 
Okay, we got two appearances on Thursday Night Football. You know, Kansas City's going to be one of them. Yeah, you don't want to disrupt the schedule so much, so let's go back-to-backs. Give me back-to-back Thursday night games. That way, you kind of keep the schedule. You get some long rest on the end of it, but you kind of keep the same schedule. Yeah, I hate that idea. Why? I, I It's the same team on Thursday night, two weeks in a row? Yeah, I'll pass. To, di- to, to, to avoid major disruptions, two different disruptions in the season, that's one possibility. Oh, oh, let me – what is that phrase? I've already said it once. Oh, yeah, I don't care. Here's another scenario. So, give me a flex me on Thursday night, but hey, flex me right before my bye week. That way, I could have almost a two week break in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. And and that's perfectly fine. If you you want to stagger it with the bye week every time you can, uh, more power to you. Mm-hmm. I once in AAU played five games in two days. Not with football, it's basketball. Right, but, basketball but is still a different. I, and I understand that. But to tell me with no empirical evidence whatsoever, because it doesn't exist, that this is somehow just a gigantic, awful, and then you get an extra half week on the backside of it. I just don't see it as that big of a problem. Mm -hmm. It's the long rest on the back. Everybody focuses on the short rest going into the game. I get it. If you got nagging injuries, it's not ideal to go play a game four days after you just played another one. But here's the thing. You're going to have 10 days on the on the, on the the backside of that. There are many times where I go, hey, let's just suck it up, get through this one, and then give me the long rest to recoup after that. So uh, th- there's a th- there's a narrative that the, the football on Thursday nights is just so bad, right? Mm-hmm. Give me any piece of, of evidence with a good team where that served to be true. All right, let's just look at the Thursday night games from last year. Okay. We started with the Bills and the Rams. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the first week of the year, the rest and all that thing. It doesn't really matter. Didn't affect the Buffalo Bills. Didn't affect them the next week, and the Rams were awful. Mm-hmm. So, awful's awful. Second week. Oh, weird. That's short week after the first week of the season. Chiefs-Chargers. This is one of the best games of the season. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because both of those teams are good. Both of those teams are good. Brown Steelers wasn't a it wasn't a bad game it wasn't great. Bengals Dolphins was fantastic in Week Four. My, I mean, you had the the injury to Tua, which was awful, but the game was good. Well, then you get to Week Five with the Colts and the Broncos. By the way, two teams that were picking in the top five of this draft. Yeah, that game was awful. I don't care if you play that on Thursday. I don't care if you play it on Sunday, Monday, on the moon, on a train. With a cane, I, I don't care where you play. It's going to be awful because the two teams suck. Right. So th- that's where this narrative falls in. Good teams, empirical evidence here, they don't play any worse on Thursdays. Good is good on Thursdays. I could argue it's not quite as good, mm-hmm. but it's still good. Mm-hmm. Is bad worse? Yeah, probably. I mean, t- That 12-9 Broncos-Colts game, I'm not going to lie to you. I would w- rather sit in a room with all of my ex-girlfriends and tell them where it went wrong <laughs> than, than watch that again. I, I mean, I, I I will even give them a pass on that because you didn't know. You didn't you didn't know at the beginning of the season those two ga- teams were going to be that bad. No, but the next week you had the Commanders and the Bears. Now, see, that's when the flexing could have happened. Uh, yeah, anybody with an well, – you don't have to flex it. Don't put that game on Thursday. We knew going into the season that the Bears were going to be awful. I could argue the Commanders were probably a little better than we thought they were. Not by much. Mm-hmm. You knew that wasn't going to be some barnstormer game. 
Cardinals Saints. You, you really went into the season thinking that was going to be just steak sauce. A one. Let's go. No. And I can do that through the entire schedule. Ravens Bucks. Neither one of those teams were as good as we thought. Still a good game. Mm-hmm. Still a good game. Mm-hmm. I just it's there are times that we get narrative stuck in our head, and no matter how patently false it is, we just keep doing it. Oh, the football on Thursday is awful. No, it's not. The good teams are good. The bad teams are awful. Mm-hmm. Give me a bad team that played day poorly the, on Thursday right. Night Football. And, and, and maybe maybe this is the point you're trying to make here, is that the day doesn't matter. I don't care what day it is. Good teams still produce on Thursday Night Football. Right. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles played the Texans. They go, well, that game was close. They still beat them and beat them comfortably. I mean, Philadelphia didn't blow out a lot of teams, especially at that point in the season. So it, it's just, it's not true. It's just like what you're saying about injuries. Well, I've never seen the reports because it doesn't exist because mm-hmm. it's not true. So, you know, Pat Mahomes can make all of his sad face because I know my team's good. And I'm going to play on primetime more times. You know, you get an extra day on Mondays and you're going to get at least at least two of those. You get an extra half a day on Sunday night. You're going to catch at least one of those. Mm-hmm. So uh, sorry about your luck that you're too good and everybody wants to watch. you. Yeah, I hate it for you woe is the man who has to play in prime time all the time injuries happen yeah there's no empirical evidence that they happen more and i i would say a year from now you probably get into the flex thing but i don't even really care just stop giving me the houston texans and the chicago bears just because it's been tabled at the at the owners meetings doesn't mean we won't get it for this season we could still get it for this season they meet again in two months i believe it is after sometime after the draft they will meet again and it can be brought up again one of the one of the things uh that that john mara brought up about it was that he didn't like the fact that it it didn't go through the committee process okay well here's your chance you got two months before these next meetings run it through your committees and let's hash this out and come to an agreement that that we can all live with because I feel like it's now. I've screamed for flex scheduling forever since I've been an NFL fan. Well, um, I mean, and and I'm fine with the flex. I, I've, as I've said, I don't think it's that important on, important on Thursdays, you know. And then I look at the other things that John Mara is angry at that that you can't get a licorice whip for a penny anymore. <laughs> that you can't go to a moving picture show for five cents. That he broke his quill as he was writing his letter to his dear Elizabeth. John Mara, please shut up. Like, I love you. You've done great things for this game, but some of the things that come out of his mouth are so unbelievably stupid that I can't wrap my brain around it. You're 98 years old, mm-hmm. okay? He's actually not. I think he's in his, I think he's in his early 80s. Something like that. It, it's just, th- the, this is so much easier than you're making it. Well, I, I, and you're going to have that. Obviously, you're going to have these issues when you have uh, people of the older generation. Well, it, well Jerry that, Jones is a thousand. These... Does he bring these things up? No, because he's, he's... a good marketer and he understands the value of the game. I was going to say he's a, he's a little different. The, the other who spoke out against the flex schedule was Art Rooney. Also, uh, older gent. Right. I, I, I mean, you can just, you can, you can see where the divide is here. Some some owners are afraid of change. I, I told you before the show, if you told me there was ten million dollars somewhere hidden in a in an NFL stadium, we're in Asheville, North Carolina, which has direct flights to what like fifteen cities in the country. 
there ain't a place on this planet that I couldn't be in or in this country that I couldn't be in eight hours. Mm -hmm. I did this for years. And then outside of one time that I spun around in, in like seven states for three days, I, I, I never really had that many issues. Travel ain't that hard and changing your schedule ain't that hard. You're in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM at 1400. When we come back, we'll get just a bit outside. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Tired of getting dinged by monthly fees on your checking account? You need Simple Checking from Home Trust Bank. With Simple Checking, you get all the essential checking services for free, including 100% online access and a free Visa debit card. It's everything you need from a checking account, but no hoops, no surprises, no monthly fees. Stop by today or call 800-627-1632. Simple Checking at Home Trust. Ready for what's next. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. It's time to discover the convenience and time savings of contact-free pickup with Ingalls Curbside. Just visit shop.ingles-markets.com or download the app. And your Ingalls personal shopper gets to work with specialized training on how to select the freshest items for a pre-scheduled pickup. They'll even text you with updates. You pull up to a designated space and your personal shopper delivers your items right to your vehicle. Fresh, fast, and affordable. It's all in the bag. Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. Boy, you must be outside your mind. The Sportsocracy. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy on ESPN. Asheville live in the Ingalls studio. And uh, this one, I mean, this one could have gone into weird. This one could have gone into uh, crimes. crimes. This th- this one had everything. But it's got the sports connection, so here's just a bit outside. Uh, just a bit outside the ESPN headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut last week. Uh, we find Dennis Hernandez also known as DJ, also, for a brief time, known as Jonathan Hernandez. He is the older brother of Aaron Hernandez. We're all familiar with the Aaron Hernandez story. No need to get into that, but you can imagine that Dennis, DJ, Jonathan, whatever you want to call him, is a little uncomfortable with all of the attention that his brother's case still gets in the media. Well, he was having a bad day on March the 23rd, and at around 3 p.m., he got into a uh, got into an Uber. Got the Uber to take him on down to the ESPN headquarters because uh, if you weren't aware, the Hernandez brothers grew up there in yep. Bristol, just a stone's throw away from the ESPN headquarters. And he had, I think, he had posted on social media that he had, he wanted to go to the state capitol and to ESPN and bust out some windows. Well, he got in the Uber and he got to the front gate at ESPN and they checked with security and they're like, hey, there's this guy in an Uber out here. And they're like, no, we don't we don't have any clearance for him. Send him away. So they tried to send him away, but DJ was he was going to make his statement. So he got out of the car and he threw something in a plastic bag over the fence at the ESPN headquarters. They went to retrieve what it was. It was a plastic a grocery bag that had a brick inside of it 
that had a note wrapped around it. Like, what is this, 1930? You're trying to send a message by throwing a, a, a brick with a note taped around it through somebody's window. Not Not shocked at all. But here is what the note had to say. To all media outlets, it's about time you all realize, which realize is spelled real, eyes. Like the eyes in my head are real. All one word, R-E-A-L-E-Y-E-S. Spell, if you're going to throw a, a ransom note or, or really try to get a point across, spell check. Uh, indeed. It's about time you all realize the effects of... The effect media has on all family members, since you're a worldwide leader, maybe you could lead how me- lead how media and messages are delivered brick by brick. Clean it up. That's his punny little answer That's there. Cute. Yours truly, Dennis J. Hernandez. Well, I don't know that you really needed to launch an investigation as to who did this after the note had his name on it. But the security guards did say that they thought they had recognized him and pinpointed him as DJ Hernandez. He has been arrested. He is uh, charged with a misdemeanor breach of the peace. And he was also informed that he is no longer allowed at the ESPN campus in Bristol, Connecticut. I just want to I, I just want to make sure if I understand what the, the mantra here was. So you're trying to say that ESPN is to blame for people having a certain thought of your brother. Killed it. Kim English is the new head coach at Providence College, replacing Ed Cooley, who took the job at Georgetown. And he has an interesting way of keeping kids from entering the transfer portal. If you don't know who Kim English is, uh, he played in the NBA. Played in the NBA, played overseas for a while. Pretty good basketball player. Related to Alex English? Uh, No. Okay. Somebody in the comments said Ellie Minow fired. Uh, there's certain things. That, okay. So. Names on the door. There you go. Uh, so his, uh, he's taken over at Providence. And as soon as Ed Cooley left to take the Georgetown job, several of his players entered the transfer portal. One of those players was a freshman guard named Jaden Pierre, who did the iCloud message thing that basically said i love providence it's great but i'm entering the portal make decisions for myself so kim english shows up at providence and he goes i have an idea let's play a game of one-on-one if i win you stay okay if i lose you're free to do whatever you want to care to take a guess what happened he beat him smoked him really twice twice and and you would you like to know how that we all know that because he posted it on instagram live and he smoked him like a deli meat this is great uh, first of all kim english was a great choice for the for the job at providence ed cooley's one of our favorite coaches in all of college basketball so that's obviously a loss mm-hmm. but this is a this is the way you use social media and you use your influence and, and all of these things for good all right the transfer portal is ridiculous every person i talk to in college basketball hates it but even if, I mean, look, the kid can transfer if he wants to. It's not like this is a binding thing. But I, I like this a lot. And it actually appears that now the kid's going to stick around. He has not pulled his name out of the transfer portal, but he did say he would be staying. Awesome. I love that the, you get beat. You get you get doing creamed by the coach in one-on-one. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the coach, I mean, I think Kim English is only 
I think he's 34. Yep, 34. Mm-hmm. He's one of the youngest coaches in college basketball. And he went, uh, I'm, I'm still uh, still got that J. I love, I love the coach's confidence. You got to love that about him. It is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sportocracy is your uh, Draftmas Central leading up to next month's NFL Draft at ESPN Draft Nerd. Flostradamus Jeremy Green has all of the big tips for all of the teams in the NFL. Yesterday, we talked about the teams with the most draft capital in this 2023 draft class. Now, we're going to highlight three teams that have the least amount of capital this year. And first up, the Minnesota Vikings. So, what do the Vikings need here? Well, they have five picks total. Uh, you gave up the second-round pick to the Lions. You got a fourth-round pick back from them. Mm-hmm. So they have 23 in the first round. It's, it's actually 24. Uh, and before anybody asks me about pick numbers, I'm already over it. All right, I can't – I don't know. I'm doing what the NFL told me. Technically, they pick at 24 because 21 counts, even though Miami's not making it. Mm-hmm. Either who. Uh, then they have a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a compensatory pick in the sixth. I don't love this Minnesota roster. I don't, I haven't, I think they're the luckiest team in the NFL last year and I can't get what the Dallas Cowboys did to them out of my head. What does this team do really well consistently? Pass the ball. Okay. They, they consistently pass the ball well to Justin Jefferson and sometimes to TJ Hawkinson. Sometimes to KJ Osborne, uh, once a year, and sometimes to Adam KJ Osborne is the birthday of the NFL because it comes around once a year. It's really fun, and then it's over. If you're lucky enough to take Justin Jefferson out of this game, chances are Kirk Cousins is going to find somebody else to hurt you with. So defensively, do they rush the passer particularly well? Not really. No. Are the are the corners great? No. He just lost Alvin Tomlinson. So you think you're going to stop the run particularly well? No. The, to me, the biggest need on this team is that you need a wide receiver. You got to have somebody that takes some of the heat off off of uh, Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. because what you've got right now is not going to do it. No, you got KJ Osborne and who? Uh, Who's left? It's BC Johnson still on this team? Probably. I remember <laughs> it, it, he got hurt at one point. Oh, uh, Jalen Naylor. Yeah, there that's you a, go. That's a, a sixth round pick out of Michigan State. I mean, he's fine, but it's not worrying you. There's nothing about this team that really worries you. I mean, Dalvin Cook, he's getting older. He's still a very good running back. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like at this point, you're going to have to outscore teams. Like, you are going to be a shootout team next year because that secondary is terrible. But we got Byron Murphy. Awesome. You signed to the most expensive slot corner in NFL history, who I like. But if you think that's changing your fortunes, when you have Andrew Booth Jr. and a Caleb Evans playing corner, I got a bridge to sell you. You didn't like Booth? I don't I don't mind Booth. I was going to say, you didn't see anything that told you he's, he can be a steady good starter in this league for a long time? Oh, well, well exactly. what exactly was I supposed to see? I'm How asking. many snaps did he play last year? No clue. It's 105. Yeah, I, I mean, he played two games last year. So, no, I haven't seen – I mean, I think he's a decent two. I liked him when he was coming out. There mm-hmm. were some issues with him. I like a Caleb Evans. You just don't have – you go up against the number one receiver. All right, the the the, the Detroit Lions come into town, and you've got a Monra St. Brown, Jamison Williams, and 
whoever else that, end, that ends up being a three, whether it's Josh Reynolds or somebody else, who can you take out? Yeah, you're going to get cooked. You're going to get smoked. Mm-hmm. Because you, you don't get to the quarterback consistently enough to make up for the fact that – I mean, and I like uh, Daniel Hunter. I'm not wild about Marcus Davenport, but it's just – I this is a very clunkily built team. So, for me, I've got to go get a receiver. I've said Zay Flowers is the one that screams Minnesota Viking to me because he can play on the outside. I've got KJ in the slot, so I really don't need to double up that slot thing. I need somebody to replace what, what Adam Thielen was last year, mm-hmm. which wasn't much. So, Zay Flowers would be, to me, the over-the-top threat that takes the safety away. I wish you had added a corner in in free agency that wasn't a slot guy. Because that, that's when I look at this team, that's what really bothers me. If Booth was your two, all of a sudden I don't have that big a problem. Mm-hmm. But Byron Murphy does not play particularly well on the outside. I mean, if you look at his analytical ratings playing from the slot and playing out wide, it, it's quite markedly different. So I, I struggle to believe they're going to put him outside. As I, I would love to have had a veteran, but I think that ship has sailed. Right. Now you're now you're at the point where you have to go get another rookie, and now you've just got and now you've got three of your young. Well, I mean, now core. three of your top four corners are are second year or younger. Mm-hmm. That's to me, that's not a recipe for success. Right. I mean, I like Harrison Smith, but at this point, he's not nearly as rangy as he once was, and I'm not going to say he was the rangiest safety in the league in the first place. You lose Eric Kendricks. It's and it's. I'm just looking at Minnesota, going, this is death by a thousand paper cuts. I'll also tell you that there's a report out, and this came from somebody at Fox Sports, I can't remember who it was, that apparently Kirk Cousins went to them willing to take a discount okay, for an extension, and they turned him down. Is that not odd to you? It's a little odd to me, but there's, I mean, there have been rumblings for three seasons now about is it time to move on from Kirk Cousins? Is he the guy that's going to get you to where you need to go? And if I'm... If I'm Kevin O'Connell and 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 the, and the GM, I'm thinking, ah, I don't know if I want to go long-term on this guy. I don't know if I want another three, four-year extension with Kirk Cousins. Maybe it's time to pull well, the plug. Of all the things that are legitimately your problem, Kirk Cousins ain't one of them. No. And so I, I guess that's my point, is that I look at teams, and what I always, what I always do when I go into the offseason, is this team rebuilding, which means you're getting rid of older players, and you're getting younger, and you're looking a year, two, three years down the line? Or are you reloading, where you have a good base and you're trying to get better at weak spots? I've now seen them do both of those things in one offseason. And it just it, it's it, it's a very confusing direction to me. If, if you think that you're competitive, you were the two-seed in the NFC last year, why would you not take the savings on Kirk Cousins? Mm-hmm. And apparently they're very intrigued by the idea of a young quarterback on the roster. Because they know where this is headed. They they know they're not making the bounce back. They know that – I mean, I would think – I would think the common sense would be, yeah, we got pretty lucky in one-score games this year. But this by no means is a is a, you know, a rock that just needs to be polished and then it's a gem. Like, we've got some actual work to do legitimate issues yeah they, they have legitimate issues and am i gonna pour the immediate future of this team into Kirk cousins and i think i would be on the same side i would go no let's let's see how it goes 
I don't think it's a bad idea with an aging quarterback. I, I, I don't know. It just it, it if you're if you're tearing this down, that's that's okay. I feel like you would have gotten something for Kirk Cousins. I mean, if you want a young quarterback on the roster, trust me, there are plenty of teams that would be more than willing to accommodate you getting up there to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know. There's there's just something about the way this is being built that is really bothering me. And then I look around the division and go, the Bears are better. The Lions are better than they were last year. Mm -hmm. And now I think the Lions are better than you. Yeah, you lose Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, but how much worse is that roster in Green Bay than Minnesota's right now? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it insane to say that Minnesota is the worst team in this division? No. I don't think it is either. I don't think it's insane. I think it's very close with Chicago, and I do I think they're. Minnesota. I think they're better than Chicago. I, do. I think they probably finish with a better record than Green Bay because I believe so little in Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. If I was going next three years, I would say you have the, the – do you have the lowest ceiling of any of them? Maybe so. I mean, we've already seen Adam Thielen is now gone to Carolina. They cut him loose to save some money on an aging receiver. Dalvin Cook's not long for this team, more than likely. You could see him moving on some shape, form, or fashion in the next couple of years, and Kirk Cousins is in the same boat. Uh, in terms of other needs, we've already touched on corner. We touched on receiver. I would like to see them add another edge guy. He's only signed Marcus Davenport to a one-year deal, so I mean that's a one-year prove it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's going to work out the way you want it to. The question is, how much can you get out of a fourth or fifth round edge rusher that's going to impact your season this year? Can you get a developmental piece that turns into hey, a superstar teams, in three teams years? Teams find guys yeah, like this every year. Absolutely, teams find guys like this every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you're looking for one, Isaiah Land out of Florida A and M, out out of Florida A and M. That's one I would be chasing hard. This is the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. Jeremy's got some bangers in the NBA tonight. That's coming up next. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. When I finally drove the old car into the grave, I knew there was only one place I was going to go. Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville, home of the family plan. And yes, they treat you like family. I went in, told them what I was looking for, told them my budget, and in no time, I was signing the paperwork on my certified pre-owned vehicle. They have the area's largest selection on quality pre-owned vehicles and certified Nissans. They go through a 167-point inspection, so you know it's not going to let you down. They gave me the Carfax report, so I know the history of my vehicle. And the Fred Anderson family plan gives me things like oil changes and car washes and loaner cars if I have to have major work done on the car in the future. For me, buying a car has always been an intimidating thought. But the folks at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville made it super easy. Don't be like me. Don't wait till the last minute to get a deal done. Go to AndersonNissan.com or stop by the showroom at 629 Brevard Road. And don't forget to mention we sent you from the Sportsocracy and get a $250 bonus on your trade-in at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. Coffee's the closer's home. Get him the money! Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the money. Completely right about the Heat Raptors last night. Completely wrong about the Celtics and Wizards. 
Hope you listened to that early advice on the Magic and Hornets with injury news, as those were both winners as well. Huge slate in the NBA tonight and a couple really tasty lines. This is Green on Green, brought to you by Ingles Markets. Low prices, love the savings. The Philadelphia 76ers are a four-point favorite tonight at home against the Dallas Mavericks. Over-under is 232. Okay, I don't know what the line makers were drinking last night when they put out this line, but there is something seriously wrong with this picture. The Dallas Mavericks have been horrible since they acquired Kyrie Irving and totally gutted their bench in doing so. And tonight, they travel to Philadelphia to take on a Sixers team at full health. But, 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 they beat the Pacers to death the other night. Yeah, and the Pacers are killed and not very good in the first place. That isn't swaying me. This Mavs team got dusted twice by the lowly Hornets, and I can't get that out of my brain. Kyrie has to defend either his old buddy James Harden or Tyrese Maxey, and whichever one it is will absolutely go nanners. The total feels a little low to me, even in a blowout, and it's really low if the Mavs find a way to keep it close. This is my achy-breaky, no-mistakey lock of the decade of today. Sixers minus the four, they win by a billion and over the 232. The Los Angeles Lakers are a two-point favorite at the Chicago Bulls. Okay, now you're just messing with me. This Bulls team is awful and has the look of a team that is going to get smoked in the play-in game. The Lakers will have LeBron and D'Angelo Russell back in the starting line of night, and this should really not be close. L.A. can't afford a loss with the West so tight at the bottom of the playoff race, and I don't look for them to carry one tonight. Lakers minus two in what I think will be a comfortable win. Finally, the Utah Jazz are a four-point favorite at the San Antonio Spurs over under 233.5. If you play in a recreational church or after-work basketball league, there may be a team in that league that could currently give the Spurs a run for their money. One of only four mathematically eliminated teams in the NBA? Seriously, that's it. With just over a week to play with this stupid play-in tournament. The Spurs are playing for nothing more than ping-pong balls in the lottery. Utah, on the other hand, still has a chance to crash the playoff party, and with a tough schedule to finish the season, they can't afford to mess around with San Antonio tonight. This total has come down a bit over the course of the day, but it still feels high in a matchup of inefficient offenses. Give me Utah, I'll give the four, and under the 233 and a half. For more, follow us on all the social medias at The Sportsocracy. And as always, Green on Green is brought to you by Ingles Markets. Love the savings with Ingles. Love the winnings with me. Mull it out. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingles Supermarkets and Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. It is the Sportsocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400, and we're heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The Sportsocracy also coming to you live on YouTube inside the Ingalls studio every afternoon. All you got to do to watch us is go to thesportsocracy.com, click the live video link, subscribe to the channel, and that way you can join us in the chat. You can get live alerts. You can join the House of Reprehensibles. You can get into the Discord chat with us. Just uh, all those lovely little perks for being a member of the show on YouTube, thesportocracy.com. Now, uh, it is time for another Draftmas season top 13 from at ESPN. Draft nerd Jeremy Green. Today, our position group is edge rushers now you got one edge rusher way at the top of this class well the uh, I, I look 
I have said I don't think Will Anderson is I, – I don't think he is a generational pass rusher. I love Mel Kuyper. Mm -hmm. Mel Kuyper is probably the reason for me. In his last mock draft, he said Will Anderson wasn't special. That may be the stupidest thing I've ever heard somebody say in my life, and that's in a week where Mike Tannenbaum said he would take Hendon Hooker at five. Right. That's dumber than that. The only knock that I have that 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 I looked at with Will Anderson this season that I could come up with as a knock on him penalties. is penalties. Where's his headspace? What's his football IQ? What's his situational awareness? Those are things that I would go, yeah, maybe not. But then I look at other edge rushers that have come out recently, and I go, this this guy's still one of the best. Over the last handful of years, he may be the best. Uh, he may be the best since Von Miller, Khalil Mack. Uh, I, I mean, he's that impactful. I would have had him over Aiden Hutchison last year. Mm -hmm. I would have certainly had him over Trayvon Walker. Um, And it wouldn't be all that close. I mean, Hutchison would be in the ballpark, but he wouldn't have been – I mean, because the thing with Will Anderson is that he doesn't have – when you see somebody that's this good rushing the passer, usually the knock is that they're terrible against the run. I could argue that Will Anderson is better against the run than he is as a pass rusher. I mean, this is, a, this is the definition of a three-down, future all-pro, highly impactful pass rusher. The, the, the thing that scares me is I'm afraid he's going to be compared – to the Bosa's mm -hmm. and to Mac and to Von Miller. And I don't know that he's ever going to put up numbers that, like that. Yeah, that comes with the territory. And and it depends on where he goes. You know, I'm I'm almost a hundred percent to the point of I can't see how he doesn't go to the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how we're not going to have four quarterbacks going to the top four. If that's the case and you've got all of these other pieces around him, yeah, he could be special. He may never put up the sack numbers because you've got so many players on that team that can do that. Uh, barring a team in, drafting in the top four doing something that we're not expecting. If Arizona stays at three, you would imagine Will Anderson goes there. I'm not 100% sold on that, but it's entirely possible. And then I hear a lot of names with Arizona if they stay there, but I don't think they will. And then it's drop dead drop dead at five with Seattle. His his drop dead spot's five. Yeah, you could not, you, you could not come up with a better scenario for the Seattle Seahawks. To get Will Anderson at five. And I'm just, I'm dumbfounded by this thought of he's not special. He's been the best defensive player in college football for two solid years. I, I'm, I'm, I'm quickly going, steering into the skid of Mel is just, he's in it for clicks. Well, I, I don't agree with, I, I don't agree with that. Mel's always had spicy takes for, mm -hmm. I mean, since 1984, that's what he does. And, and Mel's fantastic at this. He's not the best mock draft sure, I've ever seen. Sure, spicy takes are one thing. Uh, but you keep repeating the same thing over and over again that everybody looks at and goes, no, nah, it's not. That's not happening. Well, I mean, to say Will Anderson's not special to me is just insane. Right. It's it's literally certifiably insane. And I think he will be a – there's very little chance to me that he's not one of those that we look back on this draft five years from now and go, well, it was just an obvious layup. Mm-hmm. The Bosa brothers come to mind. I'm not sure he's ever going to be that point. That's what I have been saying is I have no doubt he's going to be good. I have no doubt that he's going to be fantastic. I don't know that he's ever the best pass rusher in the league. Mm -hmm. I also don't really see a way that he's not in the top handful. 
So for me, one in this class was not even a debate. I didn't think about that for two seconds. Number two in the class. Number two I did think about for a little bit longer. It wasn't an extensive period of time. Mm-hmm. That's Tyree Wilson. Yes. I was going to say, if the mock drafts are any, uh, you know, any indication, it's got to be Tyree Wilson out of, out of Texas Tech. Well, I mean, and the thing you understand is the drop-off from Will Anderson to, to Tyree Wilson is stout. I mean, there is a gigantic drop-off between the two. There's really good tape on Tyree Wilson. I'm also not 100% sure where he plays. I've seen him play inside. I've seen him play on the edge. I think he could, in theory, stand up. I really wish at some point I'd seen him run because I think he's faster than people think. And I think he can be fine in space. There's also – the player it reminds me the most of is Ezekiel Ansa that was drafted by the Lions years mm-hmm. ago. And and he had a good career for a minute. And then it waned off. And I'm not sure that that's not exactly how this is going to go. Okay. I mean, I think he will be a good player in this league. The effort level bothers me at times because there were times that you could completely forget he was even on the field. Now, when he was on, he was on, and he was evil. My problem with with him is I have never seen top 10 talent for more than a handful of plays at a time. Now, this is not a good draft class. I've said that time and time and time and time and time again. I I would argue in the last probably 10 drafts, I mean, I've been doing this a little longer than that. I'm not sure he would have been a top 10 pick in any of them, save 2013, which still praying for anybody that had to make a pick in that god-awful nightmare. Mm -hmm. He's a good player. And in the right system, I think he could be a great player. I don't see all pro or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be drafted in a position that that's what you expect. Right. I mean, because Especially I think for if you're him, going his, in the top six of the draft. Well, I mean, I think his drop dead is probably eight. Probably the, uh, yeah, maybe. Depends on what happens with Jalen Carter. Depends on if one of the corners gets into the top seven and I'm not, not expecting them to. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one will go there. If Joey Porter somehow got in the top seven, then. It's going to push somebody out, and I, I guess it could be him. I, I'm i struggling to see how that happens. But when you see a player drafted that highly, you expect them to come in and be amazing off the jump. Yeah. And I'm not sure you're going to get that. This is where the list, I think, uh, will get a little interesting here because I'm not real sure what name's getting ready to come out of your mouth. You for should the know. number three edge rusher in this class. You should know. You do enough of this with me. It's Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. I mean, the the knock on him is, well, he didn't start. I don't care. Played nine something, 900 some odd snaps in college. I, I mean, I've seen it. He's The question is, will he hold up against the run? How will he hold up with a full workload, uh, you know, playing high-level snaps? Because he basically was just a situational pass rusher at Iowa. I, I don't really have a fear of that. I mean, he's he's big enough. He's thick enough. He tested really well. I mean, he's got an RAS score of nine uh, nine point three eight, which is really really high. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not worried about that necessarily. It, I've compared him to George Carl. I think he's George Karloftis. If George Karloftis worked out harder than he does, and that's not a shot at him. It's just I mean, Lucas Van Ness looks like Thor, right? Hair and everything. Uh, and he, for me, he's just he screams Philadelphia Eagle. 
player that I put in that rotation, and over time he he falls into a Brandon Graham replacement spot because he is good enough against the run to play three downs. He's also got some of the best pass rushing tape I've ever seen. There's just not a ton of it. So this and, and that's what happens in classes like this is you start looking for who has the upside that's high enough to to pay off being a top ten pick. He is one of those players. He's also one that could never be better than a good starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't shock me in the least either. The floor is pretty safe. The ceiling's reasonably high, but I would say the range of outcomes fall somewhere in the middle of that. Number four. Now, this is where it gets, I'm not going to say spicy, but I would not have had this name. It's Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And he's a height, weight, speed monster, 6'2", 238, and ran a 4'39", which is still funny for me to say aloud. A little bit of an injury history. Production was not always there, but I feel like I say that about every damn Georgia near player. every Georgia player because yes. there were so many of them. Yes, when you have eighteen, uh, you know, first round draft picks come out of that uh, defense in three years, it's it's kind of hard for everybody to have massive production numbers. So you're the Georgia guy. What's your? And I'm not going to lie to you. I considered not having Nolan Smith on this list. But why? Because I'm not sure he's an edge rusher. I'm not sure he's not an off-ball linebacker. That's That could very easily be where he ends up in the league. Yeah, but I think he's I, I think when he gives you off the edge, you have to – he might be an off-ball linebacker some of the time, but he'll be an edge rusher some of the time. And and that's why he wound up on the list. Absolutely, because he'll be paid like an edge rusher. Said, and that's my – I'm not sure he ever will be. Really? I'm not sure that that's not going to be a – this is going to be a weird comp because they're two completely different players. He kind of reminds me of Isaiah Simmons when he came out of Clemson. Mm-hmm. I know you're a football player. I just, for the life of me, can't figure out what position you actually play. And and what I'm what I've determined over the course of time is those players almost never pay off the way that I want them to. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he were in a pair of shorts. Nolan Smith looks like a top five pick. Yes. The problem is that at Georgia, at times I didn't see that. I mean, I had him as back into the first round, beginning of the second. And then I really dug into the tape, and and it's, okay, now I'm comfortable with you in the top 20. I'm just not really sure what position you play. I mean, is he going to, at 238 pounds, line up at the end of a, a, a of a four-man front? No, God, oh. no. No, he will stand up. He will be an outside linebacker in a 4-3. He will be the uh, and that's edge my point, rusher because he in can't a 3 play on the, He can't be, to me, he can't play on the outside of the 3-4. He's too small. No, I meant on the second level. And, and so that, that's where I'm headed with this. Yeah. Is, okay, so you can get after the quarterback. That's great. I got three of the linebackers in this class that can do that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, Drew Sanders, Jack Campbell. But I can, get it. But, I just. But the question for me is, can they cover as well? Because that's the other thing, like. Jack Campbell can. Okay. And that's and that's fair. I'm not as familiar with Jack Campbell. All I know is, you know, Nolan Smith seemed to be at times with the Georgia Bulldogs in the right place at the right time every time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not the case. He had plays where he disappeared, as Jeremy likes to say. But he was around the action. He, he was around constantly. the ball all the time. I, I have no qualm with that. And he was a, he was a ball hawker in coverage. Mm-hmm. He can lay the hammer. I think he's one of the uh, most well-rounded players in this entire draft. It's just not a position of need if you're going to play him at off-ball linebacker. And that's really the only place he fits to me. 
Everything else feels like a round peg in a square hole. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to number five. Number five. Bet you probably know what I'm getting ready to say. Is it Attaboy? I don't, I don't know what that means. Attabawarie oh, 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 or no, what? No, no, it, what, no, 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 no we're, not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet? It's Will McDonald. Oh, in terms okay. of just sheer edge rusher, I've loved this kid forever. Uh, the, the knock on him is that he is thin. He and he and uh, Nolan Smith are practically the same size, and he is a hand in the dirt, four three end, three four outside linebacker. I am not a hundred percent sold that he can that he can do that. He's one of those that I feel like somebody's going to stand him up, and I'm not sure that you should. Not because he has the physical tools to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure that that's using him the best possible way. I mean, he is a lightning rod off the end of the line. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility that he's so small that you you never are able to do anything but bring him in on third down and go see ball, get ball. Yeah, I was going to say with with the with the questions you have about his size, maybe he has to, he has to stand up. He well, can't play on the line. And that's just that, see that's now you're getting into an evaluation that that's not what you do. That that's okay. So now you're going to have to at some point you're going to have to cover. I'm not sure you can do that. And at that size, you basically have to. Mm-hmm. I saw Mel put him at eight, and I literally almost wee-weed myself. Because any team that did that would be laughed out of every room they ever walked into. Because, yeah, he does one thing really well, but he does one thing. And I don't know that he's – I don't know that he ever can bulk up to the point that he can play against the run. He wasn't terrible against it in college. Just got to think, he's playing the Big 12. You got offensive linemen in the Big 12 that are 275 pounds. So it, you're not seeing many Lane Johnsons in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do see the irony that Lane Johnson played the Big. I got it. <laughs> At number six, we'll just have to wait and see who Jeremy's got in store for number. And we're six. out of the top five, which means we're on to the lightning round. We are uh, running up on the uh, on the break here, talking about the top thirteen edge rushers in the 2023 NFL Draft class. Flostradamus will give us his uh, continued list up next. Tired of getting dinged by monthly fees on your checking account? You need Simple Checking from Home Trust Bank. With Simple Checking, you get all the essential checking services for free, including 100% online access and a free Visa debit card. It's everything you need from a checking account, but no hoops, no surprises, no monthly fees. Stop by today or call 800-627-1632. Simple Checking at Home Trust. Ready for what's next. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. At Ingalls, whether we're celebrating Friday Night Rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the Fan Fest to semi-pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park, it's all in the bag. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. When I finally drove the old car into the grave, I knew there was only one place I was going to go. Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville, home of the family plan. And yes, they treat you like family. I went in, told them what I was looking for, told them my budget, and in no time, I was signing the paperwork on my certified pre-owned vehicle. They have the area's largest selection on quality pre-owned vehicles and certified Nissans. They go through a 167-point inspection, so you know it's not going to let you down. They gave me the Carfax report, so I know the history of my vehicle. And the Fred Anderson family plan gives me things like oil changes and car washes and loaner cars if I have to have major work done on the car in the future. For me, buying a car has always been an intimidating thought. But the folks at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville made it super easy. 
Don't be like me. Don't wait till the last minute to get a deal done. Go to AndersonNissan.com or stop by the showroom at 629 Brevard Road. And don't forget to mention we sent you from the Sportsocracy and get a $250 bonus on your trade-in at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. The Sportsocracy. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! This is the Sportsocracy, your Draftmas Season Central Top 13 Edge Rushers in the 2023 NFL Draft Class coming up in the daily draft at the top of the next hour. Of course, we'll do that thing we've been doing where we will draft uh, Jeremy and I the the edge-rushing prospects from the last six classes, so including this class going back to 2018. Where would we take those guys? And where will this year's guys fall in on that list? Top 13 edge rushers. Well, we've been through Will Anderson at one. Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech at two. Lucas Van Ness was three. Nolan Smith out of Georgia, four. And Will McDonald at number five. Who's number six? Uh, This is a guy who I just got the pronunciation guide so we can say his name correctly now. It's Addy Tomiwa Addy Barre. Out of Northwestern. Yes. Now, I almost didn't put him on the list either because I am almost 100% sure he's going to play defensive tackle in the NFL. Or he'll be a 3-4 defensive end. That's where I think he fits the best. Mm -hmm. I guess there's a path that he plays on the end, and he is such a physical freak of nature. Ran a 4-4-9, by the way. At 6, 280 pounds. He's just undersized for practically everything. But I do think I think his best fits is a three four defensive end, and he's really electric, really athletic. It just all comes back to the size thing. There are some teams that'll have a third round grade on him. Mm-hmm. There's others that have him in the top fifteen. So it just it, that's super beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The number seven edge rusher in this class. It's a very familiar name because he has a brother in the NFL, B.J. Ojolari out of LSU. He's a I think he's better than Aziz. He's a phenomenal pass rusher. Uh, it, it just gets into the measurables. He's he's a little light, 6'2", 245. That's, but as I've said before, the game's getting smaller. It's getting faster, and and he fits into all of that. I, uh, the, the four five nine forty makes me feel like what I see on tape is what he that's what he gives you. Very instinctive. The the one thing that I will say about him is you, you see him do all of these athletic things. And then there's times he just gets completely blown out of a play, mm-hmm. and I it, that it rubs me the wrong way. But I see where his brother went. I think he's going to go about in the same range, early to mid round two, and a team brings him in early as a situational pass rusher, and then tries to develop him over time. He needs to hit a weight room real, real, real hard, and I think he will. At number eight, this is a guy we've talked about a lot, Miles Murphy out of out of Clemson. I'm not drunk in love on this guy, and I've I've said this with Clemson a lot, that Clemson doesn't always love telling you the truth about guys. They're very sunshine and rainbows, and everything is hunky-dunky, and you should take them. They'll be great for your team, Claylon Farrell. And then you get them in the room, and you go, whoa, this is not nearly as warm and fuzzy as I was told. There are deficiencies here that body type, 6'5", 270, four, uh, some, would have run somewhere in the – I think he ran four, five, seven. That number's on three of my screens here, so I'm going with that. Sure. 
height, weight, speed, he's great. The tape is super inconsistent. And then you look at how talented that defense was. He had Brent Venables. And then this year it wasn't quite as good. I told you earlier on the process he's not going in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not sure he's going in the first round. And uh, if you're willing to take the time, he could turn into a a good pass rusher in time. But I think it is going to take time. Number nine, Andre Carter, Army. Look, he tested terribly. I, I mean, genuinely awful. Uh, and at six six two sixty. I'm not necessarily sure that I thought it was going to be great. I didn't think it was going to be 4-9-3. I did not think he was going to be one of the slowest edge rushers in this class uh, because he's one that almost has to stand up. If you put his hand in the dirt, I, I could see him getting washed out of plays, and the the bench was just awful. I, he benched 225 less times than I could, Eesh. so uh, that's a little terrifying to me. But then you watch the play and the and the good and the high side. It's just he's coming out of army. So all right, everything I'm saying here is weight room. You're telling me a guy that was in the okay. All right, I don't know that I've ever said that before, but all right. That a guy at the at one of the academies. A, a guy that was at room. one of the academy schools needs to hit the weight room. That's that's like saying Nick Saban didn't get the most out of somebody. I never said those words and hearing them come out of my mouth sounded a little strange yep number 10 felix and adike uzama my biggest drawback on him is that yes he's a good pass rusher there was some really high side and i feel like i'm higher on him than most there are a lot of services that would not have had him in the top 13 which i think is kind of stupid i'm just not sure he's ever three down He's not as athletically imposing as I want him to be. This four seven three forty is not. That doesn't scream I'm going to be a high impact guy in the NFL. Uh, little, not quite as many snaps as I would like for him to have played. It, it's all just good. It, it, I think everything he does is good. I don't know that. Must besides his ability to go speed to power, there's going to be anything that he does at such a high level in the NFL that he's ever a great. He's a rotational guy. And he should go somewhere in the mid to late second. Rolling through the top 13 edge rushers in the 2023 NFL draft class, number 11. This is a name I don't know that you've heard me say before. Yaya Diaby, Louisville. Um, He is not of this planet. 6'3", 263, ran a 4'5", 140. Yikes. His 10-yard split was 1.51. That's receiver fast. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, that's roughly what Josh Downs did at that size. And look, he had a great year at at Louisville. He was practically the only player on that defense. But it's still only one year. Only one year. Mm-hmm. Because he was not that guy before this. He really came on. And, and it's... There are certain guys that when they play in college, they're such a freak of nature that they can it, it, you can get past the fact that they don't necessarily have the moves. They're just that athletic. Well, when you get to the NFL, everybody's that athletic. Mm-hmm. So these are really boom bust, but I think he's played his way. He's moved his way into the second day, and he's certainly one that will end up standing up. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, 
I mean, I mean, the class of offensive linemen in the ACC may not be, have been the best around. But college it's still, I mean, it's still a power five. But school. it's still a power, power five, five conference, right? It's still a power five conference, and and he runs into that thing of we're going up against a uh, a, a wow, I almost slipped up there uh, a a poo team. <laughs> we're going up against this crappy team, and he's the only one that I really need to worry about, and he's still getting home on guys. Yep. So I feel like that. That sways him a little bit uh, in the eyes of evaluators. Number 12. Habakkuk Baldonado out of Pittsburgh. This is a guy that I'm not going to lie to you. All right. He's a personal little favorite of mine. I'm probably the only person on the planet Earth that would have him in the top 13. But I do. I do. And I think he's going to come into the NFL and be really, really good. There comes a time where you have to look at somebody that was this productive. And I get he had Kalijah Cansey in that front it was really good at Pittsburgh, but there was a reason for that. And there were really not much in the back seven that scared you at Pittsburgh, and yet they got home a lot. Mm-hmm. And they were able to contend with teams that were way more talented than them. And a lot of it centered on that defensive line. And I'm not sure he's not the best of the uh, of the bunch. I like Kalijah Cansey, but he's really undersized. Baldonado, not undersized. Yeah, He's not the athletic freak of nature. He's just a really good I bring my lunch pail, I do my job, and I go home. Mm-hmm. And, and I, if Pittsburgh Steelers, those those blue collar teams in the NFL, one of them's going to draft him, and they're going to love him. And finally, number thirteen, the Sasquatch of the edge rushers, Zach Harrison out of Ohio State. Uh, he is a, another one that is not of this world, but man, he don't play it on the field. A super high level five star recruit. But I never consistently saw it out of him, and I'm going to be honest with you. You watch that Michigan tape, oh, you it, it in a hurry. You go, wow, that was that was not a fine day for you. And then he did it again. So the definition of a situational pass rusher, but he's very athletic. He's very very fast, and somebody's probably going to stand him up. I think I have him. What Indianapolis? So I had taken I him. I believe up. so. If you expect him to do one thing, I think he will live up to that everything else it's it's gonna be tough and that's weird coming from a guy that's i mean six five two seventy five and i i genuinely think he's a situational pass rusher in the league he's three inches taller and 40 pounds heavier than every other guy i said that about and that's that's always bothered me too he's got that miles murphy thing to even the higher extent when i see you walking through the hotel lobby is good lord that dude is gonna kill somebody and you watch him on the field and wow that was disappointing once again, we are Draftmas Central here in the Sportsocracy. Uh, don't forget, subscribe to the channel so you get all of our team-by-team content. we got three-round mock drafts that are going to be going out tomorrow as we will not be with you here in the Sportsocracy due to uh, Braves baseball on opening day. But we will have three-round mock drafts going out. Of course, we will cover every pick of the NFL draft all three live. days live in the Angles studio. All the domestic lights. That day three gets weird. I did it shirtless one time. Good times. Speaking of weird, it's coming up next here on ESPN Asheville. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community. One that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. 
Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida... And there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, organizations always deal with, you know, do we have the right person for X job? You want to make sure that whoever's in positions of power makes sound decisions. They're negotiating, you know, fairly on your behalf. They're not being duped into making bad deals. And, you know, people who have public leadership jobs, like, say, I don't know, oh, the principal of a charter school, you want to know that you got the right person. You got some a person in there with a little intelligence that could, you know, see things coming before they make the wrong decision. Well, this is a case out of Florida where the uh, the, the principal of a school down there, not only did she do something horrible uh, as far as uh, financially for the school. But she was warned repeatedly not to do the thing that she set out to do, and it has cost her her job. So this woman, uh, I'll I'll give you her name. Her name's Jan McGee. She's the principal of Burns Science and Technology in Oak Hill, Florida, which is in Volusia County. She got an email last year sometime from Elon Musk that he was interested in investing in the school. And so the conversation went on for several months, they say, where Elon Musk was telling her that he would be happy as, you know, the the, the man with gobs of money, the real-life Batman that Jeremy thinks he is. Absolutely. That he is willing to put a million dollars into this school to help them be better. But there's a catch. There has to be an initial investment from the school to get the million dollars. So in order for Elon Musk to give a million dollars to the school, the school has to write him a check for $100,000. Uh-huh. She goes to the others in leadership at the school and says, hey, Elon Musk wants to give us a million dollars. All we got to do is give him $100,000. Um, Jan, that sounds like a scam. 100%. Have you, definitely to, a scam. have you talked to Elon Musk on the phone? No, we've been trading emails. Yes. Okay. Uh, is his email address, uh, uh, you know, chief at uh, elonmusk.com? I don't. <laughs> like, how do you verify that you're actually talking to Elon Musk. You obviously would want to speak to him on the phone. You would want some other representatives of Amazon to be involved in this. Okay, they told her for months, don't do this. It's a scam. Well, she said, screw you guys. We need a million dollars. And so here is 
$100,000 check written in the school's account. Did she make it out to cash? That, that's the <laughs> only way that this would <laughs> I did. That's the other thing. Like, how do you... How, how do you write a check for Elon Musk and then, I mean, that's on the other end. Like, you, do you oh, tell, it, tell her to make it out to Elon Musk and then you go cash the check? It, oh, it's not, uh, I mean, it's not hard to change your name. I feel like that's just a, a few documents. Maybe so. And for $100,000, why not? The good thing is the person who controls the finances for the school jumped in when she found out that the check had been written and canceled the check. Wise. They went to the school board meeting last night, and as you can imagine, there were a lot of people that were very upset about this, and in the middle of the meeting, the woman said, you know what? I quit. So everybody gets what they want. Exactly. You get a, you, I mean, you put a dumbass in charge of a school who gets stammed by fake Elon Musk. Yeah, you're not cut out for this job anymore. Ironically enough, my, these people teach our children. Ironically enough, my story is also about somebody that was not necessarily qualified to be doing what they were doing. Do you know how skydiving works? I mean, you you put a parachute on, mm -hmm. you jump out of a plane, but you don't just do that. You have to do tandem jumps, and you got to go through all these things. Well, eventually, even if you're in a school. Much like uh, this one that is in California, it is called the Skydive Elsinore. Okay. It's a school where you learn to skydive. All right. Well, woman, first individual skydive. All right. This is in Lake Elsinore, which is about 70 miles southeast of Los, Los Angeles. So she goes up, plane flies, gets to the spot. She jumps out. She releases her parachute as she is supposed to. And I don't know if the wind was blowing. I don't know. I, I don't know. They said she did everything perfectly correctly. And she completely overshot the airport where she was supposed to land. Okay. You care to take... What do they have a lot of in Los Angeles? Crimes. You know what? I regret even asking you that because say, nothing like, good was going to come from that. Yeah, there's a lot of ways I could go to get me fired. Power lines. Aha. Which she went no, no, no. dead for. Oh, no. This could have gone. On purpose? So, no, 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 no. Okay. I mean, I guess she got to a point of, ah, well, it looks like I'm landed in the middle of a city block, which is covered in power lines. Somehow, she missed the live power lines and managed to only get herself tangled in the parachute, at which time she had to be very carefully cut down by Cal Fire and Riverside, Cal Fire and Cal Riverside County Fire Department. That's a lucky woman. Yep. Uh, she said that multiple times. She also said some things that I can't say on this here program about <laughs> how she almost uh, dutied in her pants, uh -huh. which I completely would have. Uh, Absolutely. No doubt. No, no doubt. I mean, if look, if I'm going to turn into the French fry they left in the fryer too long, I'm doing it with messy bridges. All right? That's how this, that's how this is going to go. I feel like you're not going to have a choice in that scenario. Nope. The electricity is going to take care of that for you. Um, and uh, it's it's not going to end your way. That's frightening to uh, me. It's it's bad. No. Bad, 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 bad. Dark Soldier in the YouTube comments says everyone should go to skydiving once in their lifetime. I have thought about it, but I don't think I well, have the ability. 
Well, I, really I mean, don't. up until uh, you lost a person, you didn't have the ability. Because <laughs> they didn't make parachutes that big. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how big that parachute would have to be, but it's a big parachute <laughs> carrying you and somebody else hurling to earth. Right, right. You would have been the guy that you'd have walked in and said, I want to go skydiving. And every instructor would go, I'm going on break. Yeah. Uh, nope. I love flying in airplanes, and I'm that guy that I got to sit in the window seat. And I'm going to spend 98% of the flight looking straight down. I love oh, you're flying in an airplane. Oh, yeah. You're that guy. What? Uh, first of all, I'll see every time. Never not. Ooh, you're a big dude. I am. I am. You got to have leg room. Yeah, in, the, in the words of the great Ric Flair, he's a real big dude. Yeah. yeah and you're, no. You're that size that you only fold up when the drink cart comes by. Uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm legs in the aisle every time, never stops. I did the window seat one time. I'm only five foot went, four, I so I don't have to deal with that. Yeah, five four. <laughs> Stop five that. four and a pair of high heels standing on a hill. <laughs> uh, see, I thought I'd get ahead of the joke on that one, and then he went worse. <laughs> make went him worse laugh, make him laugh. Yeah, now I I love flying. I I've told you this. I've said this many times on this show. I'm not so afraid of heights. I'm just afraid of falling from them. So intentionally jumping out of an airplane makes zero sense to me. You're not wrong. It is the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Take a quick break. When we come back from the break, we'll end out the hour talking about the draft needs for one of the teams that doesn't have a whole lot of draft capital in the 2023 draft. It's Denver Broncos next. Since man created roads, they've been looking for ways to get off-road and vehicles to take them there. That's where Outlaw Off-Road comes in. A premier off-road center for Jeeps, trucks, and SUVs with a complete lineup of off-road and overland services, including maintenance and repair to make your vehicle all that it can be. Check out their location right here in Western North Carolina at 85 Avery Creek Road. Call them today at 828-974-8480 or visit them on the web at theoutlawoffroad.com. It's time to discover the convenience and time savings of contact-free pickup with Ingalls Curbside. Just visit shop.ingles-markets.com or download the app. And your Ingalls personal shopper gets to work with specialized training on how to select the freshest items for a pre-scheduled pickup. They'll even text you with updates. You pull up to a designated space and your personal shopper delivers your items right to your vehicle. Fresh, fast, and affordable. It's all in the bag. Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 828-365-1663. The Sportsocracy. Ice up, son. Ice up. We're back in the Ingalls studio on ESPN Asheville. The Sportsocracy bringing you the best in Draftmas coverage. Oh, Draftmas tree. Oh, Draftmas tree. Talking draft needs of each and every team in the NFL. And today we're talking about teams that don't have a lot of capital in this draft class. Look for my EP of Draftmas songs to, uh, to, to drop on Spotify soon. The Denver Broncos are next up, and obviously it's been uh, it's it's been an interesting couple of years. 
because, you know, they traded for Russell Wilson last offseason, didn't have a great year, then they fired their first-year head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, and now Sean Payton's in the building, and things are going to be a little bit different moving oh, forward. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, I, I mean, look, and I'm I'm looking at the offense now going, if if this is not good enough and Russell can't make this work with Sean Payton, he's a lost cause. Mm-hmm. It's just over. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. I mean, he was Zach Wilson bad at, at times. And now the, the Walton family did exactly what they had to do. They spent the money. They spent the draft pick to go get Sean Payton. And then you spent big in free agency. Hadn't been Powers, Mike McGlinchey. That that fixes a, a, a what was a big problem. I have a funny feeling this team is going to run much more than people think. I, I mean, I would agree with that. Javante Williams comes back from injury. Well, I mean, the reason that that sounds so odd is because you're thinking with Sean Payton just chucked the ball over the yard. That's not how you're setting this team up. No, it, and it's going to be a lot of... I mean, it's going to be a lot of Saints-type stuff. I mean, you're going to be running the ball. You're going to be doing a lot of running back screens and such. You're also going to be uh, uh, you're also going to be keeping things closer to the vest. I don't know if you want to stretch the field a whole lot. I mean, and I think the defense is good. I don't know that it's – I don't know that it's – that I believe in as much as you do. I feel like you think Denver's a top three four defense in the league i feel like they have the potential for that i don't i mean i think they're a top 10 i don't know that the defense is good enough to just win you games if the offense is is not as bad as last year it almost can't be as bad as it was last year Mm -hmm. i feel like you're gonna have to have a steady dose of of russ is going to have to get closer to what he was in seattle now you go into the draft and we're talking about you today because you don't have a whole lot of draft capital. It's five picks. Four of them are between 67 and 139. And then you got the one outlier at 195 late uh, in, in day three. Mm-hmm. What is, in your opinion, their biggest need is what? Because oh. for me, it's not even close. I would say it's defensive lineman. Mm. I mean, that's on my list, but that's not my one. What's your one? My one's an edge guy. I need somebody okay. on the in a class like this where you got too many guys like Andre Carter and and Zach Harrison that I think could fall want to to one of those picks in the sixties. That's what I'm after. Mm-hmm. I want the guy that falls in my lap. I understand that you like Baron Browning. Uh, analytically, he was awful. Uh, with my eyeballs, he was awful. Randy Gregory was better than I thought he would be. I I hammered that when when Denver did it, and uh, frankly, I served to be pretty wrong. Mm-hmm. I liked Rand- the Randy Gregory signing. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, mean, he didn't. You, the, the thing you about him is the, the, he, I mean, he only played six games, so I didn't get a huge sample size. I, I probably shouldn't say that I was wrong. It's just what I saw was good, and then it all went to in a handbag. But what this defense has has hung its hat on in recent years is having two of those guys. Yes. You had Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And there's a narrative around the team that that's what happened to Baron Browning and that's why it wasn't particularly good is because you didn't have that. Right. You don't have that guy in the building, but maybe you could find that guy in the draft. I, I, I feel like it. I feel like linebacker you're good, you got the the safeties you want. Corners are good. I need somebody. 
I need somebody that scares you off the edge. And then it's just adding depth. Mm-hmm. This t- One of the things that nobody talks with Denver, they were killed by the end of the year. I mean, when it really went bad and the, what was it, El- the Rams? Isn't that the one where it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, just yeah, beat the was, hell out of them. Oh, yeah. That was on, 54 that was on to Christmas five or, or something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was painful. That team was killed. And so th- th- this is the reason that I hated the Russell Wilson trade so much. I mean, I, I didn't know he was going to be as bad as he was last year. But when you get yourself in this situation, I, I feel like they've done a good job of not having just a gaping hole. Uh, yes, there are some places I would like to address on the on the defensive line like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But you don't have the, oh, good Lord, we've got to come up with a player here. So th- there's a merit to that. I think this team will bounce back to a point. But going into the draft, it is who falls in my lap. I mean, we'll be putting out a, a, a three-round mock draft for the Broncos and it's two players that are shockingly still there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think Sean Payton's going to do is I have a higher grade on this guy. Is it necessarily the definitive A1 no-doubt need? Maybe not. But this is a player that shouldn't still be here. And so I'm going to try to recoup some capital, no trades and anything like that. I'm going to get a guy that we had on our board at 45 at 68. And it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about positional needs. Yeah. I need depth. Yeah. I would also like to see this team add another receiver. But with five draft picks, that can't be a priority, I don't think. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. in our uh, YouTube comment said, what happened to Nick Benito? Uh, okay, let me let me maybe rephrase this, this edge thing. I'm okay with Benito for about any snaps a game, mm-hmm. and he's real whittle. I, I'm, I, I'm. If I could combine Baron Browning and Nick Benito into the same person, then I wouldn't have this problem. The problem is that I can't. Yeah. So, do I think you're going to find that at 68? No, probably not. You're going to be doing the same thing next year. Where Benito's in on passing downs. Baron Browning's in on uh, more of the first two downs. I want to find a guy that takes that over by mid-year, if I can. We did top 13s earlier. There's a slew of guys in this class that can be that pass rusher. But that that defense got to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like they have the capability to be really good. You plug a hole here and there, you, ne- you never know what the ceiling for this team can be. Now, am I saying that they're going to come out and they're going to, you know, in year one with Sean Payton, threaten the Kansas City Chiefs at the top of the division? No. Or in the words of Jeremy Green, good Lord, no. But this can be a solid, you know, almost make the playoffs kind of a team, see what additions we can make next offseason. I wouldn't be shocked to see them as a player in a couple of years. The thing is that division is so good. It's so young. And it, it, all right, let's say Russ comes out and he's exactly what he was in Seattle. How long do you think that's going to happen? And Russell Wilson and I yeah, are practically know. the same age. Yeah. So it, it, it's not like this is a long-term solution. Right. Does he have to play at a style that is way below his age? You I see think what Russ, I'm saying? I, look, my thought with Denver is the best-case scenario is that he turns into the absolute best game manager in the NFL. Runs a little bit, mm-hmm. gets out of the pocket, because he was allergic to doing that last year. 
I feel like the line, you've already helped them to that point, so I don't have to address that. I don't have to do it with rookies. Mm-hmm. So I can throw darts at a board trying to hit home runs because I don't have any capital and hope I hit one, and that's better than what your capital suggests you'll be able to do. Five picks in the draft for the uh, Denver Broncos. We shall see how it turns out for them. We'll talk about the Miami Dolphins coming up in the next hour. Another team with uh, little draft capital. Actually, they are the one with the least draft capital uh, in 2023. And, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Keep it locked into the Sportsocracy for all of your draft miss coverage. The Daily Draft is coming up next. The last six classes of edge rushers. Where would we take them? He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. This is the Sportsocracy final hour of the day here on ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. It is, uh, it's a, it's a draft miss season. I mean, we're all things, uh, NFL draft. Obviously we'll give you the greatest, uh, and latest headlines from around the, uh, NFL. Not a whole lot to talk about in the other sports at the moment. Jeremy gives you his bangers on the NBA every night. Oh, yeah, John Morant's coming back tonight. That's appointment television. Yeah. We did have uh, the the you know a banger of a Hall of Fame class named today, but uh, you want to find out about that and you can tune in somewhere else. This is Football Central. We are Draftmas Central uh, until the April, what is it, 28th? The oh. April 28th draft? I think I've been saying the wrong day. Nope, April 27th. That was right. April, April 27th. April 27th, NFL Draft. We will be covering each and every pick live here in the Sportsocracy. All three days, every pick. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You want to be a part of that. It's so much fun each and every week or each and every year that we do it. It just gets better and better and better. And uh, this year will be no different. So uh, always tune in to us here in the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. We're heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And you can see us, of course, on YouTube. Go to thesportocracy.com. Click that live video link. Subscribe to the jan- channel so you can join us in the chat. Now, today's daily draft, as it has been for the last few daily drafts, aside from Monday where we do the stock up, stock down, we're doing each of the classes of the 2023 NFL draft. Um, we did the top 13 in the 4 o'clock hour. And then we draft the last six classes. Where would the prospects fall in if we had our choice? And that sounds like a weird number. It's this year and the previous five. Yes. So so you go from this year's class back to 2018. Where would you take this uh, today's edge rushers in a draft? I have the first pick. It's a bad day to have the first pick, though. And I don't look to me. I'm very happy to have the first pick because look, I feel like it's a little close at the top, but for me, there was far and away. I mean, there's two that I can take that had the same, they had the same score. So I'm going to get one of the two. Mm -hmm. There's far and away to me. Nick Bosa was the best prospect coming out. I get chase young he was right there you know on the heels of nick bosa leaving ohio state chase become the became the next thing and again this is not hindsight is 2020 this is not looking back on nick bosa's career so far coming out of school i thought nick bosa was a little bit better than chase young 
Hmm. Well, I said I had two, and so I was sure to get one. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just take a guy that I wasn't expecting you to take, and I get them both. Okay. It's Chase Young and Will Anderson. Oh, Will Anderson. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's, I have them both scored higher than I had Bosa coming out. Really? Not by. I mean, it's fractional. Okay. It's. I mean, it's one tenth of a point. I, I just. I, I guess I had been so locked in. I'm going to get one of these two that I hadn't really considered the. Well, you could have had Bosa ahead of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I just. I did not. Well, Will Anderson gets the downgrade uh, for me for the for for the penalty issues this past me, year. And to me, that is so that is that's almost like saying I'm not going to buy this house because it's got an ugly mailbox. No, <laughs> no, that's not going to get me off of it. So now it's a location, location, location. This one's just not in as primo of a location as some of the other mansions that we looked at. Oh yeah, it is for me. Okay, and that's and that's exactly why we do things like this is to give you a for me. This is a Chase Young level prospect, which I had just a hair above Bosa. Mm -hmm. And now I am with bated breath waiting to hear where you go next. Well, it's Aiden Hutchinson. I was so high on this kid last year, and you were, and then Jeremy. You know, you had your misgivings about him, and I know that it, his, it, you know, first few weeks of the season didn't look all that great. I mean, he did have that one game where he had three sacks, but then it was kind of spotty until finally he got into a groove later in the season. Again, this is not looking back on what he did. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you had your questions, I can understand why. He's not on that level. He's not on the Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Will Anderson level, but he is so close for me. I mean, his, you liked him better than I did. Yeah, his motor is something that is unmatched to me. Uh, out of even those four, three guys that have already been taken, I still think they have better talent. But Aiden Hutchinson is just a get after it guy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I mean, I he's, love it. he's a fantastic player. Had a fantastic rookie year. In most years, he would have been a rookie of the year. Unfortunately, yeah. our little guy in New York wears big sauce on his chain. Can't wait to see where Sauce Gardner goes in the cornerback draft. I can go ahead and tell you, it's going to be real high. <laughs> <laughs> That's a day you better hope you get number one. Uh, who chooses that? Oh, yeah. I right. have a funny feeling. Oh, yeah, right. I have a funny feeling. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> All right, so I'll take Aiden Hutchinson. And now's where this is where I had the problem of I don't really know who's next. Really? There's one that I okay. All right, you pick yours, and then there may have to be a ruling of of how this one is considered. It's Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay, that he was one of the three on my list here. Mm-hmm. But, but he I've, would not have been my choice because there's one, but I have a funny feeling you're going to tell me that this one doesn't qualify. Okay. Mike Parsons. Yeah, he doesn't qualify. He He's still an edge rusher. I said that, yeah. to, I said that the entire draft season. Is, he can get after a quarterback. Yeah, and he had some that's character not his primo, but If that was the case, he should have gone number one. No, no, no. He wouldn't. He wasn't rated above any of the ones that have been said yet for me. Really? He had some real serious character red flags. Yeah, I, 
I remember, and it was, I remember and it was us the talking COVID about that, and, and I didn't really, I didn't really care then, and I don't care now. Of uh, you know that stuff that he did when he was a freshman, and I feel oh, that wasn't it. Uh, there was more than that. Oh, there was more than oh, that. Oh yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, so we're saying I can't take him. I mean, to me, he was a linebacker. Okay. Uh, that's fine. I it really hadn't crossed my mind because <laughs> I lump all of these together. Right. Okay. So that makes the Kayvon Thibodeau make a lot more sense to me because he would. Yeah. He, no. He Micah Parsons was never on my board okay. because I consider him a linebacker. Okay. Uh, that's fair enough. And then you know, no anger there. So. My next one is really easy. It's Brian Burns. That's a good Coming one. out of Florida State, I was drunk on this kid. Now, I did say some stupid things that he really needed to stand up. So, you know, okay. just He can do anything. But you it. understood. But but everyone understood. Nobody went, oh, Jeremy, you're an idiot. Because, I mean, look at him. He was a beanpole coming out of Florida State. Mm-hmm. And then... You know what? I This is not how I have this scored, but I almost feel like I've written this down wrong because I was so hammered on this guy. It's Josh Allen. When he was coming out of Kentucky, I honestly thought there were times that I said he might be the best player in this draft because I was just in absolute love with him. And that was, that was 2019. That was the Daniel Jones draft because mm-hmm. they took Daniel Jones right in front of Josh Allen, and I think my brain broke. All right. So that was Josh Allen. And Brian Burns. And Brian Burns. Your next two are are, are really intriguing to me. One's going to be Bradley Chubb. See, I and was I a, did not like it. I know you were not a big fan of Bradley Chubb, but it was hard to deny the stats that he put up at NC State. I mean, he just looked like an absolute freak of nature. Um, to me, there was no denying that he was going to be a really good player at the next level. Obviously not in the generational talent discussion, but he was he was pretty spot on for me. So Bradley Chubb is my four. Oh, and I totally lied. You said there's always one off the wall. I do have an off the wall. One. You do you do have I an, do off, have the an off the wall. One. Hmm. And as soon as I say it, you'll go, yeah, yeah it, it is a guy whose name you said 446 jillion times. <laughs> uh, and then my last pick, I know this is, this is going to sound crazy to some people, but this is a guy that I was absolutely in love with when he came out. He was not the best edge rusher coming off the board. But when Harold Landry came out of Boston College, I just thought, this kid's going to be special. And we didn't see it in his first couple of years in the league, but year before last, he had a phenomenal year. And, I, you know, I was kind of heartbroken when he came up with an injury and missed all of last season. I still think he's got a lot of good pass rush days in him, left in him. And I'm glad that he finally he finally popped, but I was super high on, on uh, Landry. I was not. And there's not a ton of guys left that I was super high on, but there is one. Mm-hmm. Drake Jackson. Oh, yeah. Now to USC, now a, a rotational piece for the uh, the 49ers. And you mark my words with what they lost. Next year's going to be the year you go, oh, yeah, Jeremy was right about oh, that. Oh, there he is. 
Oh, yeah, there he is. Now with no uh, – the guys that they've already lost off the defense, defensive line, he will be the other starter, and you will look at him and go, oh, oh, that's what he meant by that because he is not of this earth. Mm-hmm. All right, there you have it. Our uh, classes of edge rushers. Jeremy went with Chase Young, Will Anderson, Brian Burns, Josh Allen, and Drake Jackson. I, on the other hand, number one pick went Nick Bosa. Then Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Bradley Chubb, and Harold Landry. Uh, and for posterity's sake, the next two picks for me would be Tyree Wilson and Lucas Van This is always the hardest one to me. The edge rushers? Yeah. Because they don't it? know who qualifies. Like like the Micah Parsons thing. Is he a linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? How do we how do how do we jive that? Well, there were teams telling me that they saw him as a defensive end, so that's why I've got him on the I thought he was going to play standing up, but it w- he was at least categorized with the edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Brian Burns was also another one that oh, was, Brian Burns was listed as a li- listed as a linebacker, oh, yeah, defensive he was end. An yeah, I, I'm sure, but you get what I'm saying. See, but I guess that's you categorize things differently than I do because I have. Edge rushers, I have linebackers, but for linebackers for me are off-ball guys. Mm-hmm. So all of the edges fall into me, and then there's a little notation on standing up or not. Right. You are and then I the- go techniques. Yeah. That's a lot of you would – I don't want anybody to crash their car because I bore them to death. Three-dimensional chess. Uh, and no need to get that technical. Uh, that's your daily draft for today. The uh, last six classes of edge rushers. I can't wait for the draft must or for draft must to come around. The actual draft coming up on April it's, the twenty seventh. It's we'll, the draft must season. That's and, right. And, and uh, oh, draft must sweaters, draft must carols. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm totally making a draft must sweater. If you, if if there's anybody out there that can knit, um, call me. I ain't hard to find. <laughs> Jeremy wants one with all of the all of the logos on it, right? Is that what you're oh, looking that's, for? Oh, that I was thinking ugly Christmas sweater. Uh, no, 100%. Yeah, I could follow it. You do ugly Christmas sweater. You do the draftmas tree with a, each team as the ornaments. I also want Oh, that's awful. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's terrible. probably the right goal. It is the Sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Stick with us. It's time to discover the convenience and time savings of contact-free pickup with Ingalls Curbside. Just visit shop.ingles-markets.com or download the app. And your Ingalls personal shopper gets to work with specialized training on how to select the freshest items for a pre-scheduled pickup. They'll even text you with updates. You pull up to a designated space and your personal shopper delivers your items right to your vehicle. Fresh, fast, and affordable. It's all in the bag. Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern hospitality touch. Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to 
sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 828-365-1663. And welcome back into the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. We will not be with you tomorrow, unfortunately. We got opening day with the Atlanta Braves here on ESPN Asheville, so uh, a little off day for us tomorrow. We will, however, have Draftmas content coming out for you on the YouTube stream. We'll have three-round mock drafts, team by team, coming out tomorrow. Painstakingly, just, I mean, I mean I'll be on a golf course, but. There's zero doubt in my mind. That is how I'm spending my day off. Good for you. At this rate, I'm probably going to be playing by myself, but I don't really care. I got some pent-up frustration, and it's it, – I'm, it, I'm trying to see if I can make you crack There's on jokes. the screen. There's jokes, and I'm not going into it. We're 12. We're, we're, we're actually 12 years old, and we talk on your radio box every day. <laughs> uh, NFL news today. We talked in the first hour about the flex schedules for Thursday night football. That idea has been tabled. They will allow teams or are currently going to allow teams to have multiple Thursday night games coming up in the season, which I feel like we already had. Did we not have repeats last year? No. Really? Anyhow, multiple te- or teams may have multiple appearances on Thursday night football They've tabled the idea of the flex schedule. The owners' meetings continue down in uh, down in Phoenix, and you've got headlines here and there of you know coaches that are talking about their teams. But you did have one move made today that, there, that look. This is there is one story that I think has a really. This says a lot. If we're talking, I think we're talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Was it a signing? Yes. Was it a big player with a weird team? Yes, it was. Calais Campbell to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. When he met with them, I genuinely laughed out loud and thought, oh, oh, he's he's getting a stake on Arthur Blank's dime. Because then he talked to the Jets and heard he had talked to the Bills and some others. And I thought, okay, he's going to chase a ring with one of these teams that's legitimate. And then when this, when this headline broke out today, I went, what am I missing here? One-year deal for Calais Campbell to show up with the Atlanta Falcons. And you would think that a guy of his uh, advanced age in the NFL would want to chase rings, would want to go somewhere where you can win now. No one views Atlanta like that, I don't feel, unless well, you're a Falcons he does. fan. Uh, apparently he does. Because you had a lot of you had a lot of of big name contenders that were interested in putting this guy in the ring because he's one of the best guys in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Great mentor if you've got young defensive tackles and all of those things, which is where my brain immediately went. Does this not scream they're drafting Jalen Carter? It would make a lot of sense. It screams to me they're drafting Jalen Carter, and they're going to have this guy as the 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 father figure in the room to make sure his career gets off to the right start. 
It makes a lot of sense. And then you have Grady Jarrett and... Well, I mean, you got a front three that's Jalen Carter, Grady Jarrett, and uh, Calais Campbell. That is horrifying. Right, right. But I'm saying, you know, going forward, you would have Jalen Carter and Grady Jarrett as the stars on that defensive line in the future. I, I, I don't know what to make of this. I, I don't know what little secrets, what honey could they have dripped in, uh, in Calais Campbell's ear to make him go, yeah, this is a good idea. I want to compete for something this year. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, at best you're, you're competing for the division. And is that enough? If you're a 38 year old guy searching for relevance, what it tells me is that there has been a complete culture switch in Atlanta. I mean, it, there was a long time that Atlanta would not have gotten a Jesse Bates. They would not have gotten a Calais Campbell. Uh, even David Onyemata, who's another piece of the defensive line, I do not think that precludes them from taking Jalen Carter. But it, it says a lot. And it says people around this league, and, and I've gotten a little bit of this today, they think this defense is going to be really good. Mm -hmm. And it all falls back to Desmond Ritter. And I just, for the life of me, can't figure out. With all of the things you have, the amount of money that you've still got, I can't, for the life of me, figure out why you're not making a call to the one whose name shall not be mentioned on the show. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm going to break my own rule. I put this on conversation probation. I'm breaking it. Name's on the door. You can't Sorry about it. it. Do you not, if Lamar Jackson becomes the next starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, where would you put Atlanta in the NFC? If it's Lamar Jackson, not Desmond Ritter. Five-ish? Just off the top of my in head? In the NFC. Yeah, maybe. Who do you have ahead of him? God, I'd have Philadelphia, Philadelphia. San Francisco. I, I would have. I wouldn't. You wouldn't have San Francisco ahead of them? I wouldn't have Detroit ahead of them. I'd have them at two. They'd be the second best team in the NFC to me. Hmm. The Dallas Cowboys would be just fractionally behind them. The only difference is I'm looking at the schedule Atlanta gets to play and what Dallas has to play. Uh, yeah, that's different. That's drastically different. And I'm just looking at this going, you know, maybe I'm – all right, I keep a tinfoil hat in my desk just in case the birds surround the building and the government starts trying to control my <laughs> thoughts. Am I crazy to think that that's what they told him? Am I insane, like out of my mind? Calais Campbell comes from the Baltimore Ravens, obviously has a relationship with, with Lamar to some point. Mm -hmm. Then he signs with Atlanta, and it doesn't make a lick of sense. Could have signed with the Jets. You could have signed with the Bills. You could have signed with the Bengals, who so, were said to so have Did they hint to him that they're going to go after Lamar? I don't know. I, I'm trying to make this make sense. I get that you've you've had the, 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 the talks in the room, and everything's better, and it's all hunky-dunky. You got a 38-year-old guy who spent a ton of his career in Arizona. And now you're getting him to end his days in Atlanta? Mm -hmm. And you're telling me he's going into this with Desmond Ritter? I struggle to believe that. And maybe I'm being a conspiracy theorist, and maybe it's, you know, we're in the end of March, and it's it's a it's a slow time. Paul Richardson says, did you not hear what Arthur Blank said? Let me be perfectly clear about this. We're at a point in the year I don't believe anybody. If there's a microphone in front of them, they're lying uh, because it's lying season and that's what we do. 
So what did he say? Oh, if they were not interested in pursuing other quarterbacks, Desmond uh, Ritter would be their starter. That's a bizarre thing to say in the end of March. I thought it was weird yesterday when it came out. I think it's weirder today. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm out of my mind. Maybe the birds are controlling my thoughts. Hashtag birds aren't real. Maybe Arthur truly believes in Desmond Ritter. I I find I that don't know hard, how. I find that hard to believe. But maybe maybe it's true. And also, you're looking at it from a standpoint of, do we want to do that? That's been the big thing with the the Lamar Jackson scenario the whole time of, is this right for my franchise to do now? I feel like Atlanta makes a whole lot of sense. But if they have decided that we're not doing this, we're not pouring major money into a quarterback at this stage, we're just going to make the rest of the team. But uh, to me, it's kind of like they're trying to do the – in a certain extent, the Tennessee Titans thing, it's you know, or the San Francisco 49ers thing of I don't have to have a banger of a quarterback. All I have to have is somebody that can run the system, make some smart decisions here and there, which Desmond Ritter still has to prove, but we want to make the rest of the team as, as good as we can, and then we'll compete that way. I'm not saying it makes all the sense in the world. I'm just – that's got to be the mindset of we can be competitive in the South with what we have. Well, it's uh, – and, and in the chat, it's, well, the conversation probation didn't last long because things keep happening mm-hmm. that I, I feel like have to be acknowledged. Arthur Blank does this this interview where he it basically says he doesn't want to spend a, a lot of time talking about it, but Lamar's situation is different than last year with Deshaun Watson. I really struggle to believe you there. Uh, you can say it until you're blue in the face. I once heard Nick Saban say, I will not be the next head coach at Alabama. And guess what? He was on a plane 47 minutes later. So I, I just, I felt like it needed to be touched on because the Calais Campbell thing has been rattling around in my brain since it broke a few hours ago. Right. He's trying to make sense of it because it's, it's hard to make sense of it. Like Calais Campbell doesn't strike me as the guy who will turn down an opportunity somewhere else because he's not the guy. So that's not it. Like he he didn't refuse to go to the or or decide not to go to the New York Jets because he was afraid he wouldn't be the one to stand out. Oh, I mean, and they were hot on him too. Yeah. So whatever they told him, it made him interested. It made him make the jump. Are they lying about LJ? Are they gonna go after him, or is this just a scenario where Calais Campbell looks at it and goes, "This is this might be the best place that I can go for my last year or one of my last years." can't imagine he'd go too much longer and be res- be well respected for what he's there to do all right that that one out i i had a great moral battle in my head of which was stronger my urge to not talk about lamar jackson who is as of that saying of his name back on conversation probation or for me to give a good conspiracy th- theory and you know i can't resist that but, but so much you are in the sportsocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville. Coming up after the break, we'll have the most important message of the day, and we'll talk about the draft needs for the Miami Dolphins with all 
two of their picks in this upcoming NFL draft. Stay tuned. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Since man created roads, they've been looking for ways to get off-road and vehicles to take them there. That's where Outlaw Off-Road comes in. A premier off-road center for Jeeps, trucks, and SUVs with a complete lineup of off-road and overland services, including maintenance and repair to make your vehicle all that it can be. Check out their location right here in Western North Carolina at 85 Avery Creek Road. Call them today at 828-974-8480 or visit them on the web at theoutlawoffroad.com. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. This is the Sportsocracy, and it's time for the most important message of the day. Don't do crimes! This one is... That is is the longest staggered pause in the history of time. Well, uh, this one is very interesting to me because, uh, well, crimes were done, but it just goes to show you... Well, we like to use the FAFO scale on this program. If you faw, you shall foe. If you don't know what FAFO means, Google it. Google it. GTS. I'll I'll give you a hint. It ends and find out. Exactly. So, I feel like when you run from the cops, that's a major faw. And you shall eventually foe. You're eventually going to get caught. I I mean, I, I, I can't remember a, you know, a single time where we went, oh, we had this high-speed chase. We we're looking for a guy, and I ah, never found him. I have a funny feeling you're telling my story. Oh, no. It's fine. I have another one. Does this involve a uh, a high-speed chase? Sure does. And, and and a helicopter? Sure does. Oh, then That's I guess fine. it is the That's same story. That's all right. I got another one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so last week, a young man ran from the police, led them on a high-speed chase. Went upwards of 135 miles per hour down in the Baton Rouge area of Louisiana. And it's not necessarily the chase that has him uh, facing extra charges here. It's what happened during the chase. So this was a chase where, obviously, you had car on car. They also had two cops in a helicopter. During the search and the tracking of this high-speed chase, the helicopter crashes. Sadly, two law enforcement officers lose their life. Now, the guy got caught, as they do, and not only is he facing aggravated charges for eluding the police, they have also tacked on two charges of manslaughter because the cops would not have been in that scenario had he not done what he did. 
So now I don't. The story was not clear on what he was being chased for to begin with. Uh, it's now significantly more significant than it was, and I hope they put him under the jail. Absolutely, that actually was not the story I was going to tell. But I have in my interesting, I have in my search here found a story that has piqued my interest even more, and it comes from northern Mexico. As you do, some people have weird pets. Mm-hmm. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to read this story verbatim. And you tell me where the weird in this comes in. Prosecutors in the violent northern state of Sonora, a lot of drug activity right there, it's on the northern border of Mexico, said Tuesday they're searching for a full-grown Bengal tiger named Baluma. Okay. They said the five-year-old male tiger was stolen from a home Monday in the state capital of Hermosillo. I, I have but but one question to ask here. Mm-hmm. How the hell do you steal a full-grown Bengal tiger? Like, did you have meat and you let it into a truck and it just went, Err? Maybe. I feel like at any given time, your thievery plot could have been deceived by the large cat that could eat you. <laughs> I also want to know, why would you steal a tiger? What are you going to do with it? Oh, maybe you're, you know, you've seen you Scarface way too it? many times. You've you've seen Scarface way too many times. I, I'm starting to think you've seen Silence of the Lambs too many times. Put it in the pit. You'll make it love you eventually. <laughs> well, I mean, if the if the cat was being kept as a pet to begin with, they said. I mean, it wasn't stolen from a zoo. No, it was stolen from somebody's house. Right. So this is a domesticated big cat, which obviously they still can kill you. I and, was about and to will say, snap on you. I was about to say domesticated big cat. That's that's. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, there was all, nothing wrong in that phrase. I mean, if watching the Tiger King taught you anything, they all they all can have a little bit of that in them. But they're still a natural beast, a natural predator. No doubt. <laughs> Just at any moment, they could decide, okay, your life's done. They said the owners of the cat had all of the proper paperwork needed to keep the animal. Okay. So they were not illegally housing this animal. Prosecutors then distributed photos of the big cat resting in its cage alongside a dog. I, re- I revert back to the FAFO scale. Um, not only did you have a big cat in your home, you, you thought it and the dog were like buddies. And they probably were. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that story about cats and what happens if you die in your house? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, maybe you see where I'm headed. With this. <laughs> um, I feel like there was a lot of fine going on. And the fact that the cat got stolen might actually be a blessing in disguise because whoever this is has the it's just got this feeling of big cat owner eaten by pet that's that's the headline i'm seeing in my head based off just one little four paragraph story see that's not even the most interesting part of this story for me the most interesting part of the story to me is who owned the cat uh because because that's the thing like I don't feel like random guy living down the street has a big cat in northern Mexico. So this had it, to be the home of uh, a drug cartel well, guy. Well, and that's you know it's interesting you said that <laughs> because they don't specifically say that, but the last paragraph 
says Mexico has long had a problem with people keeping and occasionally losing control of large cats, which are sometimes found at drug traffickers' residences. Of course they are. And are occasionally seen wandering loose. Mm -hmm. I mean, inflation's bad, but I've never seen a cat walking down Merriman Avenue. So, okay. Blame Martin Scorsese for that. That's that's straight out of the Scarface movie that Jeremy's never seen. He has no idea what I'm talking about. Nope. No. Scarface got a tiger at one point in the as like a wedding gift. Sure he did. Yeah. yeah so she did. I mean that's like a that's like a drug culture thing. Well, I mean that's I I I'm really curious who will be getting uh, uh Amy and I a, a lovely gift of a ring bear. Oh, I'm bu- I'm buying you a squirrel. Let me get you a get you a ring squirrel. I'll feed it to the ring bear. <laughs> <laughs> The ring bear is, it may be domesticated. No one is going to let you have an actual bear at your wedding. I ask a very basic question here. Who's going to tell me no? Who's going to tell me no? Are you doing it within the city limits? Yep. Pretty sure Asheville Police Chief David Zach is going to tell you you can't do that. Asheville Police Chief David Zach will be at my wedding. And frankly, <laughs> there is a grand chance that I'm going to ask forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> I'm just going to show up on the top floor of the Capitol Club. Jeremy's got a friend on a leash. Yeah, you need to. And he's been feeding it fishies since, I don't know, six months ago. Mm-hmm. So to that bear, there's only one friend it has in the world. That is this bear. Who's going to tell me no? Again, law enforcement will definitely tell you no. I feel like I that's, a that's a whole bunch of permitting. I got a bear. I got a bear. I got a bear. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Jeremy, don't do crimes. Sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. As the draft this season rolls on here, we got to talk draft needs for each and every team. And so uh, yesterday we gave you three of the teams with the most draft capital in 2023. Today, three of the teams with the least. And the team with the least amount of draft picks is the The Miami Dolphins. Oh, I was. Yeah, you were you were too slow. On I that was one. too slow. I paused and and you didn't do it. Well, I mean, like, the last okay. time you paused, I actually thought you were having some kind of infarction. I mean, so. I usually am. At that time, I was. Is it good? Is it? Ah, 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 oh. So the Miami Dolphins. How many draft picks do they actually have? Total five. Okay, so it's not terrible. It's not great either. It's not great. You got a second round pick, third round pick, and you got a. You got a six and a oh, seven. No, they have, they four. have four. They have four. I'm sorry. They got a six, a seven, and a two and a three. I forgot about the uh, Jalen Ramsey deal. So they have 51, 84, 197, and 238. Mm-hmm. So let's talk needs here. What is the Miami, What do the Miami Dolphins need most? I feel like it's playmakers. I would... Look, I would love Jameer Gibbs to fall to, to fall to them. Mm-hmm. I know he's not a perfect fit for them, but I, I just I'm not sure how long you can continue to count on retread constantly injured running backs from the San Francisco 49ers and not think it's going to bite you at some point. Mm-hmm. I get that you brought brought back Raheem Mostert, and I get that you brought back Jeff Wilson, but if one of these high level guys falls in their lap, I struggle to believe that they won't take them. Because like, Jameer Gibbs is just a different guy. Now, do I think he's going to fall this far? No, I don't. But Devin A. Chain, if he somehow got there, 
That's a, another ridiculously fast player to add to this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, tight end is a huge need to me. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, I can't get away from them taking Tucker Craft because I think that's the one that's going to fall to them. And he does have a little bit of that. I mean, George Kittle's the best tight end I've ever seen in this type of offense. Mm-hmm. And he's got a little of that to him. He's super raw, but he could come in and do it right away. Well-rounded, pass catcher, blocker, all of the things. Well, I mean, the problem with Mike Gusecki is that he couldn't uh, obstru- or, uh, uh, I, obstruct. I, yeah. Obstruct. Yeah, that's not the word. I was. Block was what I was looking for. I don't know why I said obstruct. Oh, well, I mean, it's I think thing. I had an infarction. It's the same thing. That or I slept with a thesaurus last night. I'm not really sure which one. <laughs> Good use of the word thesaurus. Yeah, it's, if you had that in sports soccer, bingo, know you, kn- you win. I didn't know you knew dinosaurs. <laughs> and there was the dad joke. That's you want to know this show? You, know what a, was you want this show in a nutshell? There it was. Yep. I'm a big dumb bear, and he's a big dumb punny bear. Yep. There it is. Uh, I look. I just feel like Miami has had a, a phenomenal off season. Mm-hmm. Now you've got Xavier Howard as the two, Jalen Ramsey. So, so you've really, to me, dealt with the secondary. The David Long signing at linebacker is one of my favorite that anybody has had all offseason long. And so I'm looking at your defense going, you need a big guy in the middle because you still don't have a nose tackle to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raekwon Davis, okay, he bees big real bit, real well. Uh, you know what else he bees? Bad, 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 bad. Do you have any defensive linemen in the NFL have a worse collective PFF rating over the last two years than Raekwon Davis? Three. It's zero. Oh. It's not nary a one of them. Yikes. So if somebody like Siaki Ika fell to that pick or Gervon Dexter, then I'd do it in a heartbeat. I don't think either one of them is going to be there. And so I, I, there are a few guys later in the draft that you could – they're developmental. But if Ica or Gervon Dexter are, are on the board when they pick a 52 and they don't do it, they are out of their minds. Okay. But for me, their biggest needs, you, you need a running back, you need a tight end, like I said, uh, the interior defensive lineman. And then that last pick, I, I wouldn't be averse to adding another linebacker just because th- there's no depth there whatsoever. This is a very well-rounded team. Okay. You're good at, you're good at wide receiver. You, know, you, you don't need another one? You got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Okay, Braxton Berrios comes in. I know you're a fan. Was a fan. You you were a fan. Yeah, now. he's the one that dropped the pass in Minnesota, which means uh, dead to me. Ah, uh, okay. And then he signed with the Dolphins, which means deader to me. Right. You got uh, Cedric Wilson, who's still on this team, but I don't know. I, I mean, mean, and you're paying him. I just I, I don't. How much money are you going to lock up into into corners and wide receivers? I mean, I get that you've da- drafted reasonably well. But are you really going to commit more capital to a receiver when yeah. you have four picks? I mean, I just I don't value that to be a high high end need. Mm-hmm. No, it's not a high end need. It's just it's kind of out there. If the right guy falls to us, then you got to take the shot. Well, I mean, when you have this limited amount of capital, that's what you're going to do anyway. Right. You have to maximize every pick that you have. But for me, their best case scenario is a, a list of about five players that I think fit them really well. And I, I think I've said them all at some point. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Devin A-Chain, Tucker Craft, or one of the other tight ends that can actually block. Mm-hmm. So basically anybody but Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> and then the two big nose tackles, Gervon Dexter and Siaki Aika. 
Any of those fall to me, let the good times roll. If somehow we manage to get two of them, oh, this has been a, it's been a great day. I don't see a chance of that happening, but if it were to. Miami continues to, to make splashes with veteran players rather than the rookies. I mean, they were in the same boat last year. I think they only had four picks in last year's draft. Somehow they find a way to make this team better. I like Mike McDaniel as a head coach. I think it's obviously going to take some time. The big uh, the big question mark for Miami is the quarterback situation, but there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, in our YouTube comments, Daniel Hillman asked, uh, isn't Christian Wilkins a defensive tackle? He is in a four-man front. When they run the three-man front, he plays out on the end. And then you wind up with, yes, Raekwon Davis weighs 335 pounds. Uh, would you like to hear the rest of his qualifications to be a starting nose tackle in the NFL? Because I don't have any more. It's, it's, he bees big. Yep. That's it. Just all about plugging holes. You are in the sportsocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville. Each and every pick, all three days, the NFL draft will be covered live here in the Ingles studio. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and look forward to the three round team by team mock drafts that will start going out tomorrow in our absence we've got more on that and close it out coming up next when i finally drove the old car into the grave i knew there was only one place i was gonna go fred anderson nissan of Asheville, home of the family plan and yes they treat you like family i went in told them what i was looking for told them my budget and in no time i was signing the paperwork on my certified pre-owned vehicle they have the area's largest selection on quality pre-owned vehicles and certified Nissans. They go through a 167-point inspection, so you know it's not going to let you down. They gave me the Carfax report, so I know the history of my vehicle. And the Fred Anderson family plan gives me things like oil changes and car washes and loaner cars if I have to have major work done on the car in the future. For me, buying a car has always been an intimidating thought. But the folks at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville made it super easy. Don't be like me. Don't wait till the last minute to get a deal done. Go to AndersonNissan.com or stop by the showroom at 629 Brevard Road. And don't forget to mention we sent you from the Sportsocracy and get a $250 bonus on your trade-in at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. Our communities are filled with wonderful people who make living here great. At Home Trust Bank, we're proud of that. And that's why we focus on helping homeowners prepare for what's next. Our local mortgage bankers have the experience you need and exceptional personal service you'll appreciate. Home Trust Bank is ready to help make a house your home. When it's time to buy, visit your local Home Trust branch or go to htb.com forward slash mortgage. The Sportsocracy. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, Cot? Welcome back into the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. This will be uh, the last time that you hear our voices live, anyway, for the next day. That was the last time I heard <laughs> the two fat idiots on the radio until on Friday. Until on Friday. Uh, we will rejoin you Friday here in the Sportsocracy at 3 p.m. Tomorrow, Atlanta Braves opening day baseball. All Braves baseball all season long right here on ESPN Asheville and uh day games day games are fun gives us a little break in the draftmas uh the the draftmas live content day games are golf days for this guy <laughs> and we'll have uh three round team by team mock drafts coming out tomorrow uh in the 
3 o'clock hour on the YouTube stream, so be sure to go to thesportocracy.com, click that live video link, subscribe to the channel, uh, and you'll get the uh, the alerts on all of the videos as they come out. But we have just staggering news. Staggering? I was trying to keep you from hitting that stupid button. Because mm. it's not breaking. You mean next. like... Break the news. Who's going to break the news? Who's going to break the news? Who's going to break the news? I had to do it. And that's why tomorrow's a golf day, boys and girls. <laughs> Marvin Jones Jr. is signing with the Detroit Lions. <gasps> wow. $3 right. million dollar deal with incentives that could push it up to $5 million. Yeah, Marvin Jones Jr., he's still got some, some wheels left. He still got some life left in that NFL body and returning Does to he the know? Uh, Yeah. Does he know? Sure. Marvin Jones to me is the ham sandwich of of wide receivers in the NFL. Okay. Have you ever looked at an artisan a ham sandwich and just gone <gasps> masterpiece? I mean, does it have spicy brown mustard on it? Hey, gross. There's one kind of mustard. It's yellow mustard, and French's is the only good kind. Wow. Deli mustard is gross. You're insane. It is gross. Ugh. But that is totally off the, uh, totally not the point of what I was trying to say. Lusty monk mustard. It's the best thing on the planet. I used to deliver their mail. I had 10,000 bottles of that stuff and never tried not one of them. Really? Oh, I love those guys too. They're so wonderful. But yeah, I don't do, I don't do deli mustard. Oh. You're doing it wrong. But Marvin Jones Jr. is just, at this point, does that actually preclude them from taking a receiver? Because no. I'm not going to lie to you, we have one in the three-round mock draft. It's already been recorded. Uh, no, it, it I don't think it does either. It, it does not. Uh, you're not spending a whole boatload of money on him. No, this, this I mean, it's is, a one-year fix. He's 33 years old. I, I think he brings a, I mean, because you got to realize that receiver room right now is pretty young. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh Reynolds is the old hat, and what is he, 28? Mm-hmm. Veteran so, receiver comes into the room, helps groom these uh, young guys into being professionals, and you can take another one. You, like I said, you're not spending a whole boatload of money on him, and he's going to be a fourth option, just like he was in, in Jacksonville. Uh, played 581 passing snaps last year. Uh, there were only 10 receivers in the NFL that were rated worse than him, according to PFF. Nice. So I'd probably set the bar low. Mm-hmm. He was the sixth best receiver in the NFL his second year in the league. Never been higher than 25th since. The ham sandwich of weapons in the National Football League. All right, enjoy your Thursday afternoon. Enjoy opening day of Major League Baseball. You'll hear the Braves right here on ESPN Asheville tomorrow afternoon. We will be back with you on Friday for the th- at 3 o'clock for the weekend preview edition. We've got final four uh, picks. Final from four. Jeremy Can't Green. wait for those bangers. UConn by a bajillion. <laughs> uh, and we'll get into uh, more draft miss coverage as well.